This is NRL Boom Rookies. Welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside with me, as always, he didn't enjoy his switch to 5 8th. It's Mitch Doyle. <laughs> I did not. I did not. But I'm back here again. I'm backing up, mate. You, yeah. can't, you can't drop me, okay? Undroppable. Undroppable. You can take a knee in the, as the last line of defence as many times as he likes. He's not going anywhere. Exactly. Seniority, captaincy, whatever. It's, it's keeping yeah. me in there. <laughs> One of Wayne's boys. But now Wayne's gone and you're just floating through for floating the last through. couple of years. It's exactly the same, to be yeah, honest. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, yeah, how was your week? Well, we went to Bank West Wednesday for a Thursday. We'll get to that. Yeah. The weekend, weekend was all right, mate. Just, just the, the old classic weekend. It was, yep. um, what did I do on it? Oh, I had sisters. We'll get to that as well. We'll get to classic it. Related sis- to the game. Classic sister move. Yeah, ha- having a birthday, the, the fraud of the ruining my weekend with it. It seems birthday. like it always saves you from like a 30 point broker. It feels involved, like it's always <laughs> happening, this birthday business. You should just not go. Like, you should just not expect anything from those games. She's doing I, you a favour. I don't expect anything from them, but still, my yeah, expectations were not met. They, that's fair. Uh, West Tigers 14, South Sydney Rabbitohs 9. What a weird score um, for a start. Something straight out of the 1930s there. Um, but, um,. Yeah, uh, late Michael Cheekham uh, solo try, not his first of the year, mm. uh, to clinch victory for the Tigers in what was a decrepit game of football. It was. I mean, we were both there. Yep. And already the Bankwest Shine teams have worn off. The people there was about weren't 40 traveling. people there. It was a joke. There was like 10 people there. There was uh, The streaker was obviously the highlight. Cause All right, all... we need to talk about this because I'm worried that people on TV might not have got the full experience. Mm. So we, we might have mentioned two weeks ago... Um, when I was at the South Parramatta game and a streaker got on the field with very lax security. This, the two pitch invaders entered from basically the exact same spot in the stadium as the guy two or three weeks ago did. Um, and again, just no one on the case at all. No one, no, no none of the security guard around the stadium reacting to the situation. So the first guy gets on, everyone's laughing. Then the second guy gets on, steps three of them, and then slips on the wet grass and basically does like a slide tackle on the fourth one before getting... Kadoff, but your man in the footy boots. Let's, oh let's talk about him. If there, he could, he's a dropper like a hunt contender for this week. He is. So they they entered from the corner, the corner to the right of us, left of broadcast screen, I believe, or maybe it's other. I can't remember. But anyway, like behind the post, behind the uprights, was a guy, a security guy, wearing like bright white new Adidas footy boots. Yeah, like he come prepared. If he if you've got those boots on for anything, it's because you're the streaker chaser. You would have thought. You would have thought. Literally, like the only guy who didn't move. Pretty much. <laughs> you guys go. I've got to keep. I've got to make sure no one else enters the arena. But he was there for the breakdown after it. When after they were talking about what happened, he's walking around, you know, acting like he's the boss, but didn't want to run and get his new boots dirty. Absolutely ridic- <laughs> ridiculous play. You can't be the security guard in footy boots. Like he didn't even go over to. If he went over to the corner where the first strike had jumped from, at least he would have understood it. But the first guy went, and then there was nobody paying attention. So the next guy, you could see him looking around, like you know what. I'm on here. <laughs> like, there's green pasture in front of me. Yeah. I've got a 50 meter run. Uh, disgraceful. And then slice through three of them with that guy with was a, amazing. Almost a slow motion I, step. I, I watched it again later on the co- uh, and the 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 coverage is great because Fatty calls them a name like he calls them idiots. I mean, Wood ducks, I think he called yeah. them. But then three seconds later, that guy does that and he starts laughing. Goes, oh, sign him up. Yeah. The pivot from like, oh, this is shameful to this is the funniest thing I've ever seen was great. I mean, isn't that always with with streakers generally? Yeah. When, they, when they're naked, the broadcaster will shame on them. But a guy with his shirt on would generally 
we're here for it. Let's be honest. And they can be naked if they get shoulder charged by Andrew Simons. Yeah, or, they, or if they're really fat like Wally Holmwood and greased up. That guy was so fat and greased up. <laughs> and, and, and clearly been tanning and he had his boots on. Like, Wally Holmwood was ready for his moment. I was there for I was there for that. He had some toe that old oh, <laughs> oh, oh, mate. He was quick. Anyway, this game sucked. It did South suck. lost again. They did. I'm, I'm going to continue to blame Origin. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep blaming Origin for everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, George nice Burgess to, is an idiot. Well... That wasn't that. Just I, I thought about coming on and pretending to defend him, but and then like laughing about it a minute later. But then I worried that people might immediately turn off the podcast and give up on this because I, no person could be so biased to not think that that was disgusting. And yeah, at that time, uh, people were messaging me about it, and I was like, yeah, mate, if they'd sent him off, I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Yeah, well, I got in like just after it happened, so I missed it all. Yeah, but it was like, very bad. But George went off, and I don't, he didn't think. I don't think he came back on. I don't know if, if that was a reason why. If he came back on late, only played seventeen minutes. But yeah, we've all. If you haven't seen the um uh, eye gouge, I think just Google him and you'll see it. But his hand is straight in that eye. It's and really he's digging. Bad. He's digging um, for the eyeball. And like you and I chatted about this on the night, but this is my take on this. Is like there's obviously. And the best argument I can think of for this is when people talk about soccer and they argue that like spitting is worse than like getting a really bad slide tackle through your legs. And obviously it's not because, I mean, you know, spitting is disgusting, but it doesn't hurt you. Yeah. Whereas, you know, breaking your leg could end your career. But for some reason, like acts like spitting are seen as worse, if you get me. But eye gouging is like the one thing that's in like the Venn diagram in the middle, if you get me. Mm. So it's like the one act that's both seen as being really low and grubby, but also incredibly dangerous and could... End someone's career. Oh, mate, to me, it's worse than a king hit. It's probably the worst thing on the rugby league field I because, so. again, yeah. you can. I know king hits and all that stuff is terrible and you can do permanent damage there, but you ta- if you're playing, you're attacking someone's eye, like Josh Maguire lost his sight in one of his eyeballs from a teammate's finger hitting him in the eye in a tackle. Like, it's not to be fucked. With. Didn't deter him from eye gouging others. No, it didn't. Though. Well, it's an eye for an eye system he's got yep. going on now. Until he blinds one other man, he is allowed to attempt to blind <laughs> other men, I believe. That's fair. Double jeopardy. But yeah, on, on this, on Michael Cheekham here, I was in the car park from Paramount for about an hour and a half trying to get out of there. Somebody happened to run out the back of my car, too, somehow, in like a gridlocked car park with his family in the car. Genius. Good on him. But I had enough time to pontificate about Michael Cheekham, and I've come up with a comparison for him. And if you don't like movies, I'm sorry, people, but I'm going to take two minutes of your time here. I think everyone likes movies. They do. So you haven't seen The Usual Suspects, you're in trouble here, but I've decided mm-hmm. that Michael Cheekham, the two versions of Michael Cheekham, is like Kevin Spacey's character. Yep. Okay. So... <laughs> You know, so, you know, as they said in the movie, Kaiser yeah. Soze is yeah, the yeah. greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Correct. And that's Michael Cheekham's career from 2013 until this year. Okay. So, anyway, in, in, in the movie as well, at the start of the movie, Dean Keaton, who he plays like oh, one of the other main characters, is lying, uh, uh, you know, almost dead, and he, and he sees Kaiser Soze, looks up and says, I can't feel my legs, Kaiser. That's Darius Boyd. The next person you see is the Hungarian mobster that he left just alive, lying in a hospital bed, still kicking though, and screaming out, Kaiser Soze, Kaiser Soze. That's Corey Allen. Yep. So there's his two victims there. No, was, but, yeah. yeah. But yeah, 2013 to 2018, Michael Cheekham, between NYC and now, yeah. is verbal kit. That's a cerebral palsy version. Jesus Christ. That's okay. a cerebral palsy I mean, version. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That is. So, And at the end that. of the movie, as you get, if you haven't seen the movie... Don't it, spoil it for them. You have to. You, okay, everyone fine. knows this. It's, it's, from it's like, a meme yeah. at this point. Like, it, is, it, is. it is. At the end of the movie, it gets revealed that Kevin Spacey's character is this Kaiser Soze guy, and he starts walking normally. And the walking yeah. normally was these two tries from yeah. Michael Cheekham. But it's some more, some more comparison. Still going. Okay. Not, not, not yet. No, good. But yeah, it, so legend goes in. Uh, the, so 2010 to 2012, uh, Michael Cheekham is early Kaiser Soze. All right. 
where he showed those men of Will in the NYC what Will really was. Where he'd rather see his own family dead and live another day like this. He goes after the rest of the NYC, kills the competition, burns down the house they all live in, and like that, he's gone to Manly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Underground in 2013. Nobody's seen him since. He became a myth. A spook story that Raiders fans like Nick Canton told their children at night. Nick Canton himself said, I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God, and the only thing that scares me is Michael Cheekham. <laughs> Terrible movie rant. No, I enjoyed that a lot. That was good. Um, nice of Corey Allen to pay tribute to Darius Boyd, his mentor, with that it, tackle attempt. It was bad live. We were on the end on, and it didn't look as bad as it does on the broadcast. The replay is terrible. Like, because when it live, he's come across too quick. No, I blamed him. You defended him. I said that was shocking. I was shocking, but he came across too long, across too quick, and has stopped, yeah. which is terrible. But on the replay, on the broadcast view, it looks like he just falls over, like like Darbs did. Doesn't love contact, old Corey. Terrible effort. Terrible um, from him. Likes the flashy plays and attack. Big fan like of those. Yeah. Um, who fell for the dummy? Was it your man, the Jet? No, that was, a, was that it? was a weird one. That was. Classic blaming Jimmy because he's Jimmy. He yep. was the second man in. He's, yeah. def- his man is on the guy who's who's he's getting dummy to, but it's Adam Reynolds and Kyle Turner. Kyle Turner's a lazy man. Yep. So Jimmy and your wing- who's your right winger again? Cam- not Campbell Graham. Uh, Gagai. Yep. Push up, and then Kyle Turner doesn't push up with them, and that's where the gap is. Mm. So Jimmy does buy the dummy, but again, Jimmy's supposed to go out to the second man out there. Kyle Turner doesn't fill the hole. He comes back inside. Yeah. And that's um, it. How about you make Campbell Graham? His confidence is shot. Yeah, I think he needs a couple of weeks down in Reggie's. I think, and then I think. Well, we're not playing this week, but I think, um, I think with Alex Johnston due to come back in the next game, I think we might see Allen back to that wing and Campbell Graham out of first grade for a couple of weeks because he's he's had a few Barneys in a row now, and there, there was no pressure on him. On His that confidence kick. is shot, mate. That kick that he fumbled was a really bad mistake. Um, yeah. I think that's fine. He looked really promising in his rookie year, but he's he's had a few Barneys this year and just probably just needs... He's still super young. Just needs some... Yeah. And this Tigers team are a weird team. They're not good, but they're not bad. And they feel like they're not going to... They're not going to go away. And in, in, I don't know if they beat teams, but they'll take games for away from you, if you get me. Like, you know, they won't beat you, but you can lose to them, if you get me. Yeah. Cl- classic rugby league fans, by the way. Um, what? Uh, well, after the game. Oh, why did South take the field goal so early? There was because oh, there'd been two tries little... scored yeah. in seventy minutes, and That's then it why. took a freak try to win the game. Honestly, and the field goal me like, again. Me and you were calling for it with like twenty minutes to go. Got kick was like six minutes to go. I mean, the way I see it is like, I mean, this might sound dumb, but like the way I see it is, if you got a penalty in that situation, you would take the two to go up to get the lead to go up by two. So what's the difference? Yeah, what is, like what is the difference? There's no difference. Okay, there's Good. none. You would take the two then, and you'd be applauding it. Yep, the state your team took it, but yeah, it took a long distance try uh, that was you know pure skill meeting fluke again for Cheekham to do it. But good on him having a he yeah, was the was king of the try. NYC for like three years. He was good to see him like six years later living up to the potential. Um, yeah, signs of flashes of Cody Walker looking to maybe show who he is again. But he did get tackled by Benji Marshall. He did. That was line. a good tackle from Benji. It was a really good tackle. But yeah, the South just... They, there were some moments they clicked in this game, but they just couldn't get on There's top. There's a couple of... Like, Burns back and their left side looked a lot better. Yeah, um, Burns looks like something, doesn't he? He does. It was so weird. Wayne, coach. And then uh, um, and it's quite obvious that that team, they're missing Sam Burgess, is missing some of their attitude. It's yeah, just a fact. I mean, they're always going to miss a player of that quality and how he's, he's, your, he's your leader. And you forget they're missing GI's leadership this year too. So... You take Sam off though, the physicality's just gone. Yep. 
And you got they got the grubbiness from George, but without someone laying the smack down like a that is like somewhat Sam of a does. problem. That is, but yeah, well he probably won't play again this year. Four losses in a row now, and bye weeks. We're going to get two points. But have it four exciting. losses in a row and still seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's the great. rest of the competition is sat there. Rugby league, the peloton of mediocrity, what as you sport. call it, yeah. mate. St George Illawarra twenty two, North Queensland fourteen. Um, game. Nearly, de- nearly didn't kick off on time because of all the traffic. But and um, great story about Jeremy Lattimore was it? They had to hitchhike to the game on a motorbike. Yeah, a little different to that time. Chris Sandow crashed his car. Okay, <laughs> got to the stadium, but same result. Leave your car on the side of the road and uh, hitchhike your way there. Uh, yeah, look, Dragons. It's a pretty solid win to be fair. Like they they got down what ten points or so ten, in ten the nil. game. They had Maranta in their side, so anyone with Maranta is a bonus. <laughs> Defending in the centres. You're the, so bitter. The two first... I'm not bitter now. I can enjoy him now. The yeah. two first tries were just straight through him. Well, the drink water try was pretty embarrassing. That yeah. was like the Tedesco run at Origin. Yeah, he was just, just looking into around. the grandstand as, every, as he went, the guy went past him. Yeah. Everyone else knew where the ball was. Maranta thought he pulled a rabbit out of a hat. and will put it back in the hat. The ball disappeared. But yeah, they, they bounced back quite well. And, and yeah, they, they, I thought they were obviously the better team for the, the last 50-odd minutes in this game. But one thing we've got to talk about, I have to talk about the Tarek Sims, Michael Morgan thing because that's obviously judiciary tonight. It has, uh, it has you know, a, sorry, what I'm saying, consequences of origin and yeah. also it probably ended this game in terms of mm. Cowboys' competitiveness. For mine, he didn't do anything that's against the current laws of the game. That's what I'll say. Yeah, we should find out about that while we're still recording. So I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, on online while we're while we're talking. So, so I don't know about you. Like I under, like I am of the opinion that we need to get rid of any contact with the head, kind of from the game. Yeah, but it's not a current law of the game, and for mine, it's not late. And whilst he did get him in the head, kind of, it's like his contact was like shoulder to shoulder, and then Morgan's head bounces and hits Sims. It didn't look like that big of a hit. In full speed either, and it wasn't deemed a penalty. It wasn't deemed reportable on, ref- on 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 by replay, and he's been referred to the judiciary since, and he's facing charges tonight. And like I said, like, whilst I want, you know, late hits taken out of the game like this, even though it's like that late, he knows what he's doing. Still, he's trying to smash a playmaker. Still, I don't think it broke any of the current laws of the game. That's what I'm saying. Sure, but then, and we will probably. I mean, there's a live blog. The NRL is running one. Yeah. George Burgess is the judiciary is deciding on George Burgess now, and they'll get to tax in this yeah, case but, after that. But yeah, it's good to see so, Scott Drinkwater get a run. He looked had a pretty handy game in the decent debut for him with the ball. I, I am a little concerned about his attitude. I'm a fan of his, as people might know from the past. You have, yep. But uh, there was a few times in defense he looked very interested, and I, I'm just concerned if he's one of those fullbacks that head goes down in D. And we'll see. Like there was a, one of the first tries that the Dragons scored, just a spread down the right hand side. And you'd, th- you'd think a young fullback, you know, making his new club debut would be trying to put in an all plays. So and he just stood in the middle of the field and watched it happen. I know you're not going to get there, but again, you want to see a fullback screaming across the field and make something more play at it. But but yeah, the Cowboys, I thought they, I think they got a pretty good signing in that regard, bringing yeah. him in, because, I mean, the alternatives are what? Well, the the share of shit they've put up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and over for the Dragons, yeah, they just they got on top in that second half. Got a nice like a nice weird try from Matt Dufty chasing that kick who yeah. had a few mares in this yeah, game yeah. as he does. But yeah, you know, good for them not to win up and somehow they're just outside the eight. Well, mate, Peloton doesn't lie. It doesn't so, lie. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you're really only drawing a line through the Dogs and the Titans. Anyone else can make it. So uh, can my lot make it? Yes, you're four points out. Don't be silly. You're Mate, that's with the buys included. We have five wins. You're, We're one point yeah, off. Yeah, Cronulla is seventh with seven wins. Yeah, two wins behind the top eight, which is what I said. Yeah, we're not good. 
I didn't say you were, but no. you're two wins out of the top eight. Yeah, so we'll, get to, not... we'll get to us not being good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's around the corner. But first, yeah. we have to go to a packed Adelaide Oval. Was it 40 people there? Do you the, think? 16,000 apparently. Fuck off. But it's <laughs> one of those stadiums. It's like ANZ. I guess that's probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we it, went to ANZ for that college college year a few years ago, and there was like yeah. 60,000, and it still felt empty. empty. Yeah. It's like it's one of those stadiums that if it's not full, it's empty. Uh, <laughs> so there was a game, though. Uh, Roosters 12, Storm 14. Um, I feel like a lot of people already had their narratives written before this game and then just went with them anyway, despite that I didn't think this game was particularly good. Oh, it was a cracker, mate. Oh, Absorbing grand final defense. preview. Who else? Who can stop either of these teams? It's like, well, you clearly made your mind up that you were going to write this before the game. Yeah, it was an okay game. It was fine. It was mid-season it was, level footy. It was mid-season. You look at the Roosters team, they, were, you know, they had to play Brett, they played Brett Morris in the centres. They played the Trell at six. Probably yeah. had his best game at six this year. Actually yeah. got involved, but... Didn't really create like, much there. You know, the Storm score tried through a very uncharacteristic James Tedesco era. That they did. Happen. And that's not the mark of a team that's unbeatable, by the way. It's not. And then there was no points scored bar that penalty in the second half, which was a penalty. He didn't con the referees. He conned Victor Radley. Okay. Yep. Radley did something dumb. He didn't con the refs. It was a penalty. Um, and then, um, yeah, just there was, wasn't much in that second half. He just thought it, the game would open up, considering the, 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 uh, the outs of the Roosters, and it just didn't. No. Uh, Pappenhausen, he's pretty good. Mate. Imagine not signing him if you had the chance. Uh, yeah, we don't know how true this 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 is, but maybe I choose to believe that it's a hundred percent true because it's classic NRL list magic. Well, at least I'm going to believe at least seventy five percent of the teams got offered him as well. Yeah. Say. Well, so, so, how many years of Damien Cook rotten reserve grade? Five, yeah, six? exactly. Like, and now he's the Australian hooker. Like, well, this is just like, a bunch of people that work at footy clubs who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, this is the argument always where people say there's not enough talent for expansion. The talent shortage is not the players; it's the administrators. That's the talent shortage in rugby league. People making decisions is the talent shortage. The players are there. I mean, we see. Pappenhausen step up now. He was the third choice Storm fullback in preseason until there was injuries, and he was offered to every club apparently, and nobody wanted him. And he only stayed at Storm because nobody would take him. Hmm. They let him let him look around because they had two other options, and here he is killing it when he's playing. But you look at he's come in and killed it. Uh, Brent Naden won a game essentially, who was in a development contract five weeks ago, let go by turned by by many club turn away. You know you had Patrick Herbert who wasn't wanted by the Dragons playing well at the Warriors. You have Reese Martin, who might have left now. He was a career for, uh, reserve grader till last year. You mentioned Damian Cook then. Like these guys exist. Like this, the people are sitting in reserve grade waiting for a chance. They don't get given them. The NRL likes recycling. Where was bloody Charles Duke Clockstad as well? Exactly. Like, how long? Did, well, yeah. I don't know. I didn't mention him, but like the NRL likes recycling the same experienced players or rookies. The in between doesn't exist. And this is why the Stormwise look so smart because I know even okay they tried to let Pappenhausen go, but the thing yeah. is they still kept him, they still played him, they look like the genius. Oh, I mean, now. anytime you can sign a thirty-five-year-old Michael Gordon instead of Ryan yeah. Pappenhausen, you got to do it. Well, they played Obviously. Gordon. Instead and no of disrespect, Brimson. no disrespect to Michael Gordon, great yeah. player in his day, but yeah, come on. Well, if he was not wasn't in cast, he'd probably still in Brimson's spot. Yeah, you know, he's probably yeah. Sorry, other, you know, his issues he's got, but that's why the Stormwise. We've been through this many times. I feel like they're like the Patriots in terms of I don't know if they're as good as they are. Or if everyone else is just much worse than them, if you get me. like They just let guys leave when they're going to cost too much and they yeah. replace them. The Storm do the same. So Patriots like, Tor who Harris just left because he was going to get too much money and yeah. they just found Felice Kafusi. It's like, yeah. well, how easy was that? Felice right, also uh, let go. Proctor as well. Like, yeah. you know, these guys just leave and new guys come in. They actually, and they actually develop these guys. So they're not just throwing in an 18... What, what my club's doing now and Penrith and the other like doing is throwing in 18, 19, 20-year-old and then if it doesn't work, see you later. Because guys like Afusi were mature age rookies in terms of what they did at the Storm. You know, they worked on... Kenny Bromwich hasn't been a starter his whole career till this year, but he was there and they worked on him. And they work on these guys of value and play them. And then at the, t- the time, you're no longer value to the club. They don't owe you anything. Like, you're, all, you're gone. You get, go get your pay 
go get paid. That's nice for you, but that's it. So that's why their ethos is great at that club. It's not just about Bellamy and, and Cam and what Cam does on the field or Cooper or Billy. It's a fact that they'll actually use reserve grade and actually use give these other guys a shot. The other things were, Again, Addo Carr's a guy who no one wanted. Great point. Released by South. Good job, boys. But he released um, by South, Sharks, and... And, yeah, um, and West finally and West in him. three years. Jesse Ramey and Larice by two clubs in, in like three years. Like these guys are all in the, in the league right now, and there's probably more reserve grade who haven't got a shot. So, but yeah, back to this football game. Oh, that's a good tangent. It's pretty much it. I just and then what else about this game? Uh, that might be it. I think actually, Christian Welch is pretty good on his return. I thought got his origin nod. Fanukin had a lot of meters. Fanukin, nah, I mean Fanukin has been overdue representative duties for a long time, as we know. So underrated. <laughs> not, as under, not as underrated as Mitch Orbison though. Over on the Chook side I thought it was weird like, I think Nats Butch is getting a real good run And playing quite well at lock But the use of Angus Crichton as a bench middle It's not often the, the Roosters get one wrong But it looks like they've got this signing wrong In terms of the value of it And, I, and mm, You hate to see it <laughs> I mean any South fan could have told you last year He wasn't good as good as he was the prior year for them But you probably thought maybe he's looking forward to the year after yeah. I was gutted when it was there was chat that he was going to leave at the end of 2017, yeah. but then when it was the chat got proper serious in the middle of 2018, I was like, you know what, we got Cam Murray, yeah, don't really care. And you look at it now, and I mean, you know, again, Orbison's named as a bench middle played there last week, and sorry, Crichton was, and this week he's named as a bench middle again. He probably won't play there, I don't think, but that's the difficulty he's having, and I don't know what money he's on, but the rumours are 800 to a million. That's a lot for a guy who's not even they starting for the team. They don't need him. They don't no. need him. It's, and it's very rare the Roosters get that wrong. And there's people talking, oh, he might be at the Waratahs later in the year, whatever, mate. The Waratahs kind of afford his paycheck, paycheck. Also, don't do that. What? Don't don't go to rugby, Angus. Come on. I'm sure the Titans will pay you. Oh, they, they would. <laughs> Just, and speaking of the Titans, God goes 12, manly 30. I'm doing the sex here. <laughs> yeah. Curtis Sirian, game of his life. Oh, my goodness. Mate, game of him and his dad's life, I think. How good was that? The first like 30, 40 minutes or so, Curtis Sirian, just everything he touched turned to gold. He had the the two first tri- the first two tries were kind of crash overs that were not not particularly special, but they're still decent efforts, good hard lines. But had a nice offload at creating an opportunity. But that run when he went through the guts, he went like a running back in the NFL. It was a great little cut. It was awesome. He cut back to the left and cut straight to the middle of the ruck, and it was like, mate, when have you ever had moves like this? Cut straight to the middle, and they scored sim- shortly after. He was fantastic. But man, the Titans are like, they roll over. They just roll over almost every other week. It's like every few weeks they get motivated for something and you see that when they beat my lot or some teams or games will turn up and actually be competitive. But majority of their games, you know they're out of it within 10 minutes. And this is one of those games again. When they concede by a second rower hitting a short ball next to the ruck in the first 10 minutes, it's not good. It's, it's the signs not are great. not good. Um, hey. Ruben Garrick's try was a bit... Pretty, I mean, pretty awful defending from, um, from Philip Sammy there. Yeah. That was not great. He didn't really put on a step or anything. He just sort of ran in a straight line. Yeah, it looked like it, like he acted like he had two of us Shek, young two of us Shek go around him, eh? But it's like Garrick just ran around the outside and then kind of stepped it a little, like a tiny bit, and, yeah. and scored. And yeah, like other guys on that team, like I think Anthony Don, the time might actually be coming finally, which is upsetting for the Don. He hasn't been great. Jesse yeah, he Arthur's got man. he got steamrolled for that Tafua try he as did. well. But like Tyron um, Roberts is a standout in terms of effort again. That pick up off his laces and then that ridiculous pass for the Titans' first try that was sick. fantastic. And if he was playing for someone else, which be you said before yeah. we started recording, he'd be getting more raps. Yeah, he's be, a great year. If he was playing for a Sydney team, he would have been in the Origin conversation. I genuinely think that. I agree with how he's but, been playing this year. Um, yeah. like put him in a better t- side, mate, and see what he'd be doing it's this the year. The other thing, like you can't tell me that you know Penrith wouldn't be better right now with him and him in the halves with yeah. Maloney. Like I don't know. 
Yep, and then I, I think Fodawake is also looking good as well, like a good prospect. But yeah. they got problems at dummy half again with rain and, and Pete. Should we take some time? Just I mean, we we did get a few chats initiated by people we know this week, just about how pointless the Titans are. And yeah, why not? We can do that. Can we we got time. I mean, what's first of all, we agree. Got to change your colours. Yeah, we're, okay. We're rebuilding yeah. the Titans. Yeah, yeah. like that, it's more important than having good players, having good jerseys. Having good identity, having an identity, and they yeah. had never had one. And they there don't. was there was a small period there when they when they Matt had... Rogers and Scotty Prince and Presto, yeah, and, and Luke was, Bailey, yeah, and they were and fun whatever. for a little while. But it, Mark Minicello was there; he was a no. the guy. But again, when you when you have like a, a Prince and a Rogers, it's really easy to be in Queensland and and sell your club to people. They haven't got that. I know Dash Taylor probably could have been that guy. They haven't got that guy now, but they keep doing the same crap, which is... Well, I'm talking about the reverse of what I'm talking about the Storm earlier. This is the club that's the other side. It's all about reputation. You know, I mean, let's give Leilani Latu a shitload of money. Then we'll give Shannon Boyd a shitload yeah, of money. That's, and then we'll, that's, like, why? Okay, like, we have right. Jason Dementia up the road who still hasn't got his first grade shot, but he was interviewed for the job. But we go with Garth Brennan because the John's brothers tell me he's good, tell us he's good in the media, and you know, and he's and he played with Matty John's. Fair enough. And okay, Mal Meninga is a fantastic rep coach because of what he does with culture and everything. But we all know he's not a tactician or anything similar. He's now doing operational reviews of this club. Has he done anything operationally in his entire life? I don't think so. I mean, he quit his political career in about thirty seconds. I mean, come on, like he just he's just great at revving the boys up. But that's it. They have yeah. this rep. They 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 bring anybody in with a reputation like he's Tyrone, Shannon Boyd, whatever. It's like. Change your colours and get an identity. Sign Queenslanders. Just, just sign Queenslanders. And again, we talk about these Queensland Cup players that get a shot down at the, at the, at the Storm. They, they're a club that turned out someone like Jerome Hughes. He was at the Titans. But they, why are these guys not giving these players a shot? I don't know. But What are you gaining from signing like 30-odd retreads from other clubs when you're like struggling? I don't know. Like, signing Shannon Boyd wasn't going to push them into a, like a top eight spot. And who were they competing with for that signing, by the way? <sighs> Not sure. Because even the Raiders were like, okay, bye. <laughs> they saw the, the contract offer. Like competing with nobody. And I don't think he's a particularly bad player, but they gave him like elite prop money, and he's not needed there. Uh, that was the other thing we didn't. That, we, I mean, what we, we, what are their middles? Like Wallace, Arrow, Fodawakers. There, like they've got really good forwards. Yeah, they're they, that. Ryan James is injured now, and still Shannon Boyd is not playing big minutes. Yeah. And, like, and like they let go of Max King and Morgan. Like Boyle hasn't been great, but they let go of some guys with potential. They have Leilani Lato on the books. Like they had enough props, and they signed a bench prop for big bucks. And then again, Tyrone Peachy was like, we are, we've always had the opinion on this podcast. Just is is a nothing player who's overrated because he looks okay in, in bit, bit parts. And when a player literally says, "I don't want to go there," don't sign them. Yeah, just swallow your pride and go. Fine, transfers off. Yeah, let's don't force that. a guy who doesn't want to be there to be there because he's not going to play well. And shock horror, he's pretty much never had a good game for them. Yeah, um, it's terrible. And then that's, <sighs> talk about the color changes. People might say it's ridiculous. No. The club changes their color every four, four or five years. This this dark blue kit this year is a new it's color. So bad, it's awful. Like this, and how, you just can't have a blue kit in Queensland. I'm sorry, you can't. I mean, the, the top. The, I mean, the the Cowboys have theirs. Yeah, right? but that's, that makes sense with like the blue healer sort of cattle dog yeah. thing that they. And, but then you've got like the Titans current jersey looks like a tight, a Cowboys training jersey. It's very bad. But yeah, they can't. Like, why are they not red? You said that, and I actually it actually like floored me that I was like, oh shit, you're right. There are no red teams. There's not. There's the Dragons use they're the red V, but they're mostly a white jersey. Yeah. Souths have red and green. Yeah. There's that's it. And then there's and the Mar- Chooks have a bit of red in theirs, but again, not like a predominantly red jersey. Yeah, like. Manly and us and Maroon and Gold and Woodmore and Gold, they're Maroon and White, but like bright red, the solid red or like red and black or something. I'm not saying the Bears colours because they're not going to be the Bears, but like red, just be red. Queensland can get behind that colour in the first place. Be red and the name, we all know the name's stupid. They should rebrand that too. The new owners, when they come in, should have just gone new brand, new colours. We're going from there, new identity, but it's just gone back to like 
pre-NRL ownership. It feels like the exact same club it was a few years ago. It's ironic, though, that they, they're probably their most fruitful spell where it looked like they were turning things around was the time the NRL owned them. Yes. Until the so Where thing. are they finding these people? They're yeah. just... I don't know. And then it turns out, so like with Hayne was forced upon Neil Henry, the rumours are that Callum Watkins has been forced on Garth Brennan. He didn't want him. And even though I don't back Garth Brennan in, if you're forcing players when your coach doesn't want him on them, what are you doing here? Like, I know clubs, aren't, the coaches aren't always a part of the recruitment and retention process, but generally they're, if, you, if, they, if they say no to a player, they don't really come. Yeah. And then again, they're looking at if they replace Brennan, they're apparently looking at Kevy Walters. And that's just the same thing we are talking about earlier. It's reputation. Like, he might go into it and lose his origin series, lose two origins, which is like an expedition series, and you're going to hire him for your first grade team. Based on what? I don't know. Uh, f- I'm not really sure. Terrible um, club. I don't know how you fix them, but um, I don't know. Just give Tyron Roberts the keys to the Gold Coast. Yes. He's great. <laughs> but there's not much else to like there at the moment, unfortunately. Um, Manly. Uh, we didn't really talk about them. We're, you and I are geniuses. KCAS is pretty good. Um, they lead the comp in offloads, which is not surprising. Uh, they said that on the broadcast before yeah. when we were rewatching it. Like that's some sort of revelation. It's like, well, you know, when your props are Fenua Blake and Tapao, and you've got Jake Tabojevic as well. I mean, that's yeah, what a shock. But yeah, Kate Casters look pretty good as you say. Come in solid. And, and done a, done a job at a spot that you know that Kane Elgy and Lachlan Croker were playing it before, and he's exceeded both of them. So basically, look, the role of a manly six is don't fuck up and. Be okay in defence. Yep, he put a good pass on for a try here. He did, so that's true. He's going to keep that job. Anyway, let's move on. Yep, uh, are you sure you want to move on? Because the next game yep. is Newcastle 26, Brisbane 12, and the woes just keep coming for your boys. When the pimp's in the crib, ma, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. I feel like we're running up the score a little bit now, but hammering him again, but your boy Darius. I mean, running up the score, you want people weren't, like again, media and guys were talking about it for ages, but obviously that tackle on Ramage was terrible, but that <laughs> kickoff thing <laughs> is like 17 levels of bad. Harry Ramage didn't understand it. He's still trying to understand it four days later. Like, again, I don't want to go on, oh, you taught this under eights or whatever, whatever, but you start set on the dead ball line and come forward to receive kickoffs. He does the reverse, and then, like, the ball's clearly over his head. He leaps up, leaps up and catches it for some goddamn reason, stands on the dead ball line, and then looks at Matt Lodge like, where were you? Like, to do what? To what? Catch him in the air and put him back in field? Or what? Imagine if he did, though. Yeah. Imagine if he did. And if you ever see the, if you see the replay then, guys, look at Milford's face in the background. He is filthy when it happens. He's watching him do it, and then no one knows what's happening. And then we can see possession. I mean... We were never really in that game, but that was a little bit of a mini comeback, and he does that. Just disgraceful. And then the effort on the Ramian tackle, I mean, he just put his body... So he, he was like, please push me out of the way. I'll lean here. But this this team is like... I've been through it before, a record away from Suncorp, but I'll go through it again now. Like, we haven't won a game in Sydney or away from Suncorp yet. Sorry, we won one from Suncorp away from, in New Zealand. But we've scored zero first-half points in Sydney, in New South Wales. That's zero. not good. Zero. It's round 15. We've scored one try away from Suncorp in the first half. The Raiders, one try in that game, and then two, uh, one penalty goal away from away from Suncorp. Six points in first halves. In how many games? Like six, seven? Seven games. Jeez. Six points in first halves and seven games away from Suncorp. Hey, that's nearly one point per half. That's yeah. pretty good. That is like worse than the Knights were in 20, 2015. Yeah. And we get into these games and we're down, you know, 
24 nil in one of them, 26 nil in the other, 28 nil in the next, 18 nil in this one. And we got the soft whistle in the second half to get us back in the game. But it's like, as soon as we got close, the soft whistle went away. But just a disgraceful effort in that first half again. And they mentioned on the call, and Harry Army spoke to me after the game about it, but Dan Ganey mentioned on the call that, you know, the, the Knights were out there warming up for half an hour or whatever, and the Broncos were only sided for a couple of minutes. Well, they look like they play like this to warm it up when they get out there. And any time they can see the penalty or a seven-tackle set, where we can we can see off the next set, it's just it's just terrible what has happened to this team with the talent on the roster currently. And I refuse to reply this rebuild bullshit because you look at the play, the the squad, and any rugby league fan could tell you there's enough talent there for that team to be in the top eight. Yeah, they were, they were one win off top spot last year. Yep, with pretty much the same team with injury problems just like this year and injury problems last year too. And but that's just it. Now they're talking about Darius Boyd to be dropped next week, potentially, if he has a bad game against the Sharks. Like, It's too late. I would laugh a lot if he just burned the house down against the Sharks. Like, you know, the first of the year. 16 rounds is too late. Yeah. It just reminds me so much of when 2013, this is when I turned on Anthony Griffin, was 2013 in preseason, he signed Scott Prince instead of playing Ben Hunt. And that was, he'd already played 60 games on the bench in first grade Hunt had. And it got through to round 20. Season was finally over. Round 20, he dropped Peter Wallace and started Ben Hunt, and Hunt killed it and had a great 2014. It's like, what are you waiting for with this Darius Boyd thing? It was obvious after four weeks that he was finished. Okay, and then what are you going to drop Boyd? And then what happens with McCulloch? If he's bad for another six weeks, you drop him, do you? Like, this year's over for the Broncos. They won't win off the spoon. They won't get the spoon because they'll win some games at Suncorp, but they're just a disgraceful side for a Broncos side. And I don't even want to make the finals because Lions in the sand are drawn at Brisbane when you don't make the finals, and there's a line in the sand to be drawn from the whole process from last year to this year. And it's not just Seabold, it's the club itself. What do you think happens to Seabold if you finish, say, 13th? I, look, I'm obviously not on board with what he's been doing this year, but I don't think he deserves to lose his job because I don't think any coach you bring in should only get a year. I think you should be given a year and a bit to prove yourself. Unless you obviously, there's some levels of guys that I'm off, off board with pretty quickly, which is, you know, guys like Dean Pay or Garth Brennan. But I think Seabold, for what they're doing at the club, should be given a little longer. But halfway through next year or end of next season, if it looks like it does now, he, he'd be looking for a new job for mine. And they've still, they signed him for five bloody years. I went over how bad that was at the time, but. You can't be whatever. giving people five year deals, which I, you did say at the time. Yeah, no one, pretty much no one. In, rug, in rugby league right now, coaches, you'd give Bellamy a five year deal. Wayne, maybe, but he's very old. And then players, Tamalolo, that's about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Probably Tedesco as well. Although yeah. he has had injuries before, I guess. But nevertheless, um, David Clemmer was really good. Uh, yeah. yeah, you'd love to have a guy like that available for origin selection, yeah. wouldn't you? But he was fantastic. And um, yeah, he was great in this game. I thought Mason Lino had a pretty handy game as well. Yeah. But um, it's one of those things. The Knights had a decent game, but... And I'm not trying to diminish what the Knights have done. They were good in that first half. They were great. They they didn't really do anything in the second half. It didn't matter. They just controlled they had control of the game and, and they went on and won. But they were, they were good in the first half, took advantage. And, and then once it got close in the second half, well, they scored instantly pretty much. So that's good. Yeah. Um, Brilliant from my lot. But yeah, one thing I'll say with Seabold too, by the way, it's like good coaches can adapt to situations. And when he come, when he come into South. He'd taken over from Maguire, who'd laid down a similar foundation of what Seawell wants to achieve. And he's, he's coming to Brisbane, and I think he's tried to change too much. And, you know, if you're going to start bringing in your own systems, that kind of stuff, these footy, te- these, you know, footy teams, it's a work in progress. You should be laying a platform and building it along the season. But it's like they tried to change a lot for the start of the year. Kind of arrogant approach that he thought he knew better than everybody, it feels like, in the league. And, and it hasn't worked. And that's a, that's the sign of a coach only lasts five years in a league, if you get me. 
There's plenty of good coaches have come into the league, had one way of doing things, done that thing for one way, and then the league's changed and they haven't been able to adapt with it. A good coach can, can adapt to any situation, and that's something like a Wayne Benton or a Craig Bellamy have done in their careers is that they've actually played many different ways. They might have a reputation for playing one way, but they haven't. They've played many ways across their career depending on the squad available, and that's my big concern with, with, with Seabold currently. And also my other concern is potentially Dave, it was actually Dave Ferner's attack last year, not Seabold's attack. At, well, that was, if people listened to Sam on Matty Johns last week, he said that. He said that it was Furness he put their attack down to David Ferner last year, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, so Ferner is without a job, so maybe the Broncos game is an assistant over this offseason. but a uh, lot worse. Um, yeah, we'll on the night side, um, yeah, as you said, Lino was really good, but anytime you can win a game, I, I, I don't know how bad you guys have been away from home, but anytime you can win a game without like your best player in Kalen Ponga, so convincingly, I mean, you've still got to be happy with that. Well, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter who the, other, who the opponent is. And they're not, they're not saying they're locked in, but they're pretty much locked into the top eight at this point now. Eight and six. Yeah, look, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but I would be mildly surprised if they didn't make it now. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't really rate any other teams. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, Parramatta 22, Canberra 16. Canberra 16 nil up, and they lost. I thought that we were past this, Canberra. I thought, I thought we'd stopped doing this. I thought we'd stopped surrendering large leads to inferior teams. But no, here you are. Um, that last try from Mitch Moses was embarrassingly bad defense from our boy Jared Kroger, um, who did not have the greatest game of all time. Um, yeah, he did not. Well, I was shocked at Blake Ferguson's speed on that intercept. I did not realize he was still that fast. Yeah, he kicked, he kicked it on next gear. Like I, He took it and I thought that was top gear and then about 20 meters downfield, he just burnt them. Nobody got near him. Like, at all. But, yeah, it was like, this is the classic Canberra. They're back. Did they forget John Bateman was in the team or something? They're like, 16-0, world beaters. You know, Jack White was having his way with the Eels. And then he helped them back into the game with a lot of stupidity as he does. And then he, the Eels romped home. And, again, the tries they conceded. They conceded a try from Manu Mahu running across field, goose-stepping and dummying. <laughs> they conceded that try. They conceded Croker falling off um, off of Mitch Moses as well as Nickel Klockstad falling off him. And I think was it... I can't remember the first guy I missed him. Uh, they conceded that, that that terrible intercept or drop ball into Ferguson intercept. And that was like feeling like old Canberra all of a sudden. You know, it didn't feel like new Canberra, which is a different beast we've come, we've come to know. And I'm not going to say it's a, it's going to turn back that way, but any Raiders fan we all know is already given up. <laughs> we're back to who we were. Yeah, it's weird that like one loss can sort of do that to a team, but their fans are already back to doom and gloom days. Um Bizarre because, like, and I know this is usually the case when there's a big comeback, but even with that in mind, it was still a game where you just expected Canberra to just kick away and just win by 50. Especially yeah. with how Paramount have been in the last few weeks. They haven't been setting the world on oh, fire. They killed themselves. us, but yeah, between that. Well, I mean, that doesn't count anymore. That doesn't Mitchell, count anymore. We haven't scored a point south of the board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the first half. But no, it was, and I thought Gutho was really good. He, he might be getting an origin berth next week if Cleary can't go. He looked pretty sharp. He did. Um, but yeah, it's. Really good win for them, and now they're back in the eight. Let's let's talk about it. We spoke about it before the podcast. What? It's so weird. Calling him the king. Oh, that. Yeah. Off it. No, don't like it. Like, okay, fans... We ha- like Clint Gutherson. Yeah. Fans Everyone likes Clint Gutherson. He can be King Gutho to power fans. Sure. But once he's doing these on the broadcast, and they're saying the king... No, don't like it. No. No. Are you in the top 50 players in the game? Probably not. Oh. You can't be the king. He probably is. Is he? 50? 
50? We're not going to sit here and list 50 We're not guys. going to. I could. You would. You, <laughs> mate, you would. Well, um, he, he hasn't played Origin yet. No. There's, you throw in Tonga in New Zealand. True. You throw in retired guys like Ken Smith from Rep Football, Cooper Krong. He's probably not a top 50 player. No, well argued. Yeah. Maybe. But the fact that we have to discuss this is... is, 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 is why is, he's not the king. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Look at your kings in other sports. Wally Lewis, LeBron James. Yes. Wayne Gretzky. Was Wayne Gretzky ever called the king? I don't think so. I think he was the great one. The great one? Yeah. Let's just let's throw him in there. Yeah. Throw him in there for the purposes of this. I'm sure Don Bradman was called the king at some point. Yeah. Um, Wally Lewis. The I said Wally Lewis. Oh, you said that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, all greats. All-time greats. Not, you know, an above-average first grader for a middle-of-the-pack NRL team. The king. I don't I don't like it. Not here for it. Stop doing it. No, I'm off it. Again, he can be King Gutho to para fans, but he cannot be the king to the media. It's like James Roberts earned the jet by being the fastest man in rugby league yes. for like five years. Yes. If Gutherson was of a royal family, perhaps, or he yeah. did wear jewels, the king. Yeah. <laughs> not on playing talent. He's not no. the king. It doesn't have a royal name. There's no King Clint. There is. He's there. As you said, he was in the same basket as Cameron King, Max King, those kings are the kings he Great kings. With. Is he even better than Matt King? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a, there's a king. Matt King's got an origin hat trick. He did. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I like Gartho, but we've got to reel on the king. And I'm going to have to eat. I've been putting it off, but I've got to eat some crow on white and at 5'8. I know he had some bad moments in this game, but he really has taken like a duck to water the second time round. It might be the eight. most wrong we've ever been about anything. Well, we were all poo-pooing this move in preseason. Yeah, and we were terribly wrong on it. Although I will add There's a caveat: still bad moments, the main argument we had was that would it be worse than Knights putting Ponga there? And I think we said that Knights putting Ponga there would be slightly worse. So we worse did decision. get that right. Yeah, because there's a spot, no spot, no fullback. Because there. that was so obviously a terrible decision, yeah. and we also had no idea what chance Nuka Clockscad was going to turn out to be. Well, yeah, like again, I liked like, him, but I had no idea he was going to be this good. Yeah. But yeah, like White and Dash been really good there though. He straightens the attack up a lot. He mm-hmm. plays a lot straighter and I feel like I guess he's got less time to make decisions. He's making better decisions with the ball in hand. <laughs> That's true. Like he did so much dumb shit at fullback. And he still yep. does some dumb shit. He had some bad moments in this game still, but he is also pretty much all of their good things. Yeah, it's like how when I play pool, if I don't take time to line up my shots, I actually play better. Yeah. That's Jack White's rugby league. That's exactly right. And it's like same thing. I rate James Maloney because he is the guy, he will die with the ball in his hands, he'll make mistakes, but he'll win your games, whatever. White and is for the Raiders, he's the guy who will die with his ball in the yeah. end. And uh, Manu Ma'u's goose step was amazing. They should have just given them the game there. I love <laughs> that they I love that they checked that. Like he ran 40 metres across the field with none of his teammates near him and they were like, oh yeah, uh, obstruct- obstruction, maybe? Something? I don't know. That annoyed me. Don't yeah. like it. Didn't like it at all. Um, Warriors 18, Penrith 19, the first of a Sunday doubleheader, which on paper seemed like it was going to be absolute dog shit and turned out to be a thoroughly entertaining four hours of rugby league. Mate, Penrith fans on Twitter are almost more entertaining than this game. Because they were they losing are great. Their, people calling it fixed legitimately, turning the game off, whatever, and then their team comes back and, and wins it. But uh, yeah, this obviously had some of the you know worst referee decisions of the year. There was actually a couple this weekend. Uh, there was that the uh, no the no held on Brian Kelly for the offload for the Titans wasn't great. The Gutherson knock on before the was it the Manu Manu try before one of the tries or the Fergo try was a good put down. The, that knock on, and then there was obviously the the Luai Simbin in this game, which is all kinds of wrong. I actually think watching, I think Jared Sutton knew it wasn't a Simbin, but he's a fi- he's a system called Simbin, and he, what's he supposed to do? I don't know. But like, if you missed that, uh, it, they already had Liam Martin in the bin. Kemamala goes on the left wing, kicks the ball through to us, chases the ball, drops the ball, and then kicks after dropping it, and then Luai like tackles him in the motion. And Sutton's right in front of him. He doesn't call anything. But the assistant then calls Sinbin for um, 
Doesn't know who, by the way. Didn't know who it was, but Simbin that guy. And Luai got Simbin. Got Simbin someone. And then about 10 seconds later, well, not 10 seconds, but they score a try where Fusatua's hand was clearly in touch. I mean, the Fus jumped from like five metres out. And I generally get offended by them checking the Fus, but he's never got the ball all this year. So there's some mistakes coming in his game, it seems. But his hand was in touch and he scored. And So, you know, I guess the, the Penrith got there. Just rewards in the long run in terms of they got back in the game and, and Maloney kicked a match shielding field goal. But yeah, that Brent Naden effort, oh. there was absolutely nothing doing. No. Nothing doing. Beats his man. And my man again, the Fuss, dogs the chase. Come on, Fuss. If he ran th- even 10 metres earlier, he stops that try. Yep. But he's jogging, watching his old two of us checks got him. And two of us check is a young Darius Boyd in, in defence. He's done this plenty of times where he's avoided those that contact. And then the Fuss goes, oh shit. When he goes past RTS, claps it on and catches him. And in 20 metres, he catches him. But it's too late. Brett Naden goes over, equals the game. Somehow we get a penalty that Pat Herbert equals the game again. Shambles. And then we get the, the Maloney match winner. I want to talk about this. This, yeah. this has angered me for as long as Golden Point's been a thing. <laughs> no, legit. Legit. Golden Point does suck. No, no. no. I, I'm fine with Golden Point. But this has, this, when someone's in the pocket and we're 95% sure they're going to have a snap at a field goal... Flip to the behind the post camera. I have yes. no fucking idea on any field goal ever unless I look at the players. And in this game, that this was the one probably this is one of the worst ones ever for that. Like I thought he shanked that ride right by like twenty two. meters. I thought he missed two. And like cause And the commentators did as well. But then suddenly they pan back to the players and like they're all hugging and I'm like, oh. Well, yeah, because also it's in New Zealand, so there was no crowd reaction either, and no he kicked it. It was just like he smashed it and then weird pause always missed it. And then Maloney's pumping, like, what? <laughs> yeah. They know, as you said, you know the field goal's coming. I'd happily watch that set from that, like, the last two tackles. The whole set, set would be from fine. That, from that angle. But, like, and, and what's the worst happens? They don't, and you go, oh, shit, abort, and then you press a button, and you go back to the yeah. regular camera. We've seen them switch camera angles fast in the past. Like, how many times do you see Sile interview, someone makes, about to make a break, they switch back? Yeah. Like, it's Honestly, hard. how hard is it? I agree. Get, get us on a big broadcast. Terrible. But, yeah, that, I agree with that one there. And Maloney obviously iced it well, but, man, the Warriors... <laughs> for a goal like we know in the past even when they had Sean Johnson they were a terrible golden point team they only won games that Sean Johnson like ran around yeah. the entire well, team well they they didn't have a single player that had ever kicked a field goal right yeah. in this game I think yeah. yeah which I guess is not surprising but. yeah and so well you think Blake Green might yeah, have got, I guess like, actually. Well, no, but got then he, one he was, for the storm he was always playing with like Kronk yeah. and with DCE so well there was that period where they had like uh, Croft kick two Actually, was he gone by then? I can't remember. I think one of them when he kicked, Croft was still there. But he thought maybe he might have jagged one at some point. But no, no field goals. Even Nathan Merritt's got one. Even Nathan Merritt's got one, yeah. So, yeah, they obviously didn't look confident when they got that terrible charge down. Was it or whatever it was? I can't remember. Middle of the field that turned possession over. Oh, that was... A sh- <laughs> I mean, that that's a team that knows they can't kick a field goal. Just yeah. chancing it. Yeah. Chancing it at midfield and golf point. It was so good. Hoofing it. I then, loved yeah. it. I loved it so much. That game was that game ruled. It did. I mean, credit to Penrith to, you know, those kind of decisions go against the team, and a lot of the teams will go will, will when that happens. And Penrith now, I know that I don't rate them as a team this year, but they've won some gritty games, and they, you know, they've won seven games I think by scoring twenty points or less, and the NRL record is nine of that. Ooh. So they're already close to that in terms of you know getting a gritty win away, and that's it. They're they're a different, very different team to last year. They stole a win in a very different fashion as they usually do, but. They didn't. They didn't open up, which which they have been prone to in the past when things don't go their way. Yep. And last game of the round, another absolute banger: Canterbury fourteen, Cronulla twelve. This is one of those classic ones. We all know these games. The, the Sharks were like, we walk on that field. We've won this game. Yep. 
Which is a classic Sharks move, by the way, in the last few years. They've been the team to do that more than anyone else, basically. Yeah. They'll, they'll go down the storm with no right and just take the storm, tear the storm to pieces, rip them to shreds and win, com- comfortably beat the storm in terms of hold them off their goal line or whatever all day. Then the, then the Bulldogs will go up 14 nil in about three seconds. You're like, what? <laughs> well, they would have won if they kicked goals. Yeah. That's going to cost them in the finals, perhaps. Well, I mean, but Sean, like, Sean Johnson's traditionally a pretty good goal kicker, so I don't really understand. Well, it. He, had, he had a great game, Sean did, bar the goal kicking. But yeah, I'm with you there. The Chad is an okayish goal kicker. Moylan's kicked in the past as well, and Sean Johnson, when, when he's come back from injury at the Warriors, he never seemed to kick for a couple of weeks. But he kicked in this game. Gallon's kicking 100 percent this year. Yeah, give him the boot. Yeah, there you wow. go. And like when he shanked the first two so poorly you thought surely he doesn't kick the third kicks the third shanks it but still at that point you're thinking oh the Sharks will win this easy and they took to the last minute to really create the next opportunity and your boy Jack Williams with this he was again oh it was it reminded me of that NFL game where the Patriots lineman took the onside kick and rumbled down the field and it was like oh he's going to score he's going to score and he gets tackled five minutes short same thing happened here. Yeah, and he, again, he, after like 20 metres, found speed. It was like he'd never run in the clear ever and yeah. he realised he could run faster. And, and you said Sean Johnson had a good game, but he did have an absolute mare on the next play after he was tackled. He got the ball at dummy half and just kind of forgot where he was. Yeah. And I think it kind of killed their... Like, if I think if they'd spread it left immediately, they probably would have scored. then they go left anyway. And puts in that terrible And they're like four grubber. on one and oh Chad grubbers God. it. And they said, like, mate, four on one ever, you don't grubber it. Just That's just a, that's a plain rule. And Chad's had a really good season. Yeah. But that was terrible, and then those are the kind of wins you lose to the, a bulldog side like this. It's like, this, is, mate, this, is, this is this is this is why you finish, you know, fifth instead of fourth. These are gimmies. Yeah, they why finish, you know, they got to finish in the eight. I'm pretty confident of that. But oh, as you yeah. said, this is ladder, ladder defining, and they didn't turn up at the start. And you know, this, and the bulldogs even lost Kieran Foran, who's actually been pretty handy last few weeks. He was in their good stuff early. Yeah. But the first try he set up for DWZ was show the Sharks mentality. Where he just, again, he went through Sean there too. But oh boy, DWZ, I never stopped believing. Through Sean and Nikora. Well, this is the thing I've said to people about him before. People started saying, oh, he must be... Because as they do any time a player gets cast aside, oh, he's not that good anyway. Why do clubs want him? It's like, well, he's not a superstar, but there is a, plot, a spot for good players in the NRL, and he's one of them. And he, what he's good at is he's, he's like a diet Valentine Holmes when he plays fullback in terms of pushes through the middle, supports, plays hard, returns kicks strongly, isn't a playmaker. But this is one of those moments when four and busted that line, DWZ popped up where maybe 10 other fullbacks don't. He, he chased four and going through there. I know my club's fullback wouldn't have chased it, and he, and he scored a try there. It was good support play from him. But yeah, as the game rolled on, you just thought, oh yeah, surely the Sharks would do it. And they scored two tries. Like, oh, here we go. Sharks win by 20. But now the doggies, joggies held on and, and they held the Sharkies out. And uh, you see that the lack of a feeder didn't help for them. Wade Graham didn't have one of his superstar games he's had since he's been back. Mm. And that just didn't look great. It was like it was like watching the Warriors. It was throw it to Sean and hope something happens. And things did happen, but not enough. <laughs> yeah, and um, Matty Moylan had a bit of a stinker, I thought. He did six errors, which is, a, like a, a, I think it's like the, oh, five errors. Matches his six try. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a six try he got against Newcastle. And uh, as you know, I always enjoy a Matt Moylan mare, and this was one of them. That was fun. Well, I quite like Matt Moylan, but it's still funny to see just how much you enjoy a man you've never met and never interacted with fail. It's fun. I, uh, congratulations. I do enjoy it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. As, as long that. as you're happy. That's really Can I get her some form of trophy? Um, <laughs> or similar. Maybe. A show bag, perhaps. It will be the only trophy anyone affiliated with the Broncos claims. Yes. Year. Or Matt Moylan claims. Ah. <laughs> Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi-Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. 
So George Burgess is going to be the freshest forward in the world in the finals, from what I'm hearing, Mitchell. Yeah, nine weeks we just we just found out. So um, we really heard he's he's um contract prospects in terms of where he's going next year. Well, I mean, he's only really hurt his reputation in the last two years, so actually maybe playing less football will actually be good for his next contract. Yeah, well, this is a classic Titans signing too, right? They're, they're like, surely. But yeah, that, that he's hurt his prospects there, and nine weeks is pretty much in the wheelhouse of what it deserved. Well, he'll be, what, they play 24 games, right? Yeah. Well, they've played 15, so he'll yeah. be back for the finals. I, wa- I wonder, do you even put him back in? Like, can you seriously go the rest of, like, from now until finals time... Without a guy, and then inject him straight back into a team for a finals campaign. I don't know if you can. Well, I mean, and I don't think he's good enough to justify that. If it was Sam, I'd say yes. Yeah, I'm well, not sure if you can. With George. I mean, well, you look at your bench and potentially yeah, but you'll have Tom back soon as well, obviously, and and, and Sam will back. You have Jaden Sewer, which will which is obviously other news going there. But uh, you know, Mark Nichols has been okay. Uh, he's been pretty good actually for Mark Nichols. Uh, who was uh, Dean Britt had a pretty handy game this week. Uh, you know, Pop- Poppy Bungard loved him. Mm. He was uh, running hard and straight, and that was all probably one guy wanted to see. But I think George, in terms of your makeup, just justifies coming back in. I think he'll come back in. But um, but yeah, he did, and that's other news there. The South side, Jaden Sewer, one of those ones that there's a talented guy in there, but there's a few things to iron out in his game, and I'm glad he's gone from Brisbane because there was no defined role for him, and it was a stupid re-signing. It was a re-signing for the sake of like re-signing him. It felt like because there's no. There's three back rowers better than him, like six middle forwards better than him. He can go to South, develop the rest of this year, and probably start for John Sutton next year, and that's see what he's got. But at the Broncos, very big issues with his defense. You know, he doesn't doesn't cover back on the inside very well, turns his shoulders quite easily, doesn't put his body in front of contact, and also doesn't use his hands. His defense is all over the shop, but I'm sure he'll work on that, and they'll, they'll sort it out. But I'm glad he's gone. All hype machine for us, but we'll see um, see what he goes, goes at South. Hope he does well at South, because... Um, Queensland needs any four they can get that's playing football. So Yeah. Um, so the Blues, the Mad King, he did it. He actually did it. Yeah. Let's start there. Origin exhaustion is hitting me at this point now, talking about it. So we'll probably... like Everyone knows what we feel like on these teams. I mean, Clemmer is by far and away the best Australian prop. And I don't care how well anyone played in Game 2. Anyone played in Game 2. How well has Clemmer played forever? And for the Blues, and with a broken wrist of the Blues in Game One, and came back from a broken wrist early and played a great game on the weekend. Did everything asked of him to get in this team, and now he won the last one. All good, mate. <laughs> so funny. It's it's just again, people will say they got it right if they win or lose. They got it wrong. Win or loss, they got it wrong. He'll probably go back in if Sims gets suspended, and it'll be like when Fanukin got into Game Two or Maloney got into Game Two by accident and <laughs> helped the Blues. But he should be there. Um, not picking Mitch Pearce, so I'm very pro that. But not because I don't think Mitch Pearce is good enough. More so because I know they said they didn't pick him because he's a distra- distraction. He might be for Cleary, but which is rubbish. But for me, if you didn't want to play for us in Game Two and it was going to be tough, you don't deserve to come into Game Three and get the glory if we win. That's all I'd say. Yep. He was a my my team. I agree with that. You've had many chances. We tried to give you one more chance. You didn't want it because you couldn't train a couple times. You don't get to come into Game Three and claim the glory if the rest of the team wins it. You don't get to. I completely completely agree. So, um, when are Queensland going to name a team? Uh, is it tonight? To be, it was, well, they named their, their squad, but not the team. I thought they were supposed to name the actual positions today, but they didn't name the positions. I mean, Mind games. Got him. 
Got him, Kevin. Classic underdog move. Yeah. We don't even have a team yet. We haven't even got a team. But they've named a 17, and obviously Ponger out's huge for Queensland. Munster, the fullback. I, I like Munster as a fullback. I think he, playing there, he's actually a quality player, but I do think it hurts the team in general because his defense playing at six is, is fantastic. And he was a big part of why in game one, when I was so happy when Cleary had the ball because Munster is so good at squaring up. And he can't, if you watch him next time in defense, you'll see he slides really well. He doesn't overcommit and, and come in, come in hard. So I really like his defense. So that's an underrated part of moving halves around. People don't tend to think about the attack ways that'll work, but that edge can change completely with its defense with him gone. Um, in terms of the other changes, Corey Norman is playing fine this year. He'll be fine in origin, but this is like when we talk about players you don't like, it's hard to support them. I don't like Corey Norman. Okay, like he give us that. one of the great quotes of all time. Well, I almost came back in with the quotes, but and I'll, obviously I'll celebrate if you win us. But like you put yeah. in DC and Norman as my house pairing, and I'm like, mate, could I like a house pairing less? I like DC, so there's uh, yeah, that. Yeah, you know but, I do. So, but yeah, Corey Norman's obviously matured as a player. He he does the things as you do with any half mature as you get older. He play he's playing straighter now, kicking games pretty solid. And his defense has improved, so the basics are there for him. He's not that the same guy who used to run sideways and use his average football but think it's better than what it was or whatever. He's better. But it's hard for me to get behind that kind of player. Um, the the rumours from training today is that Embi might be playing left centre. Then it's between Morgan and Norman for the six. That's bonkers. It is. It's like I understand that Embi is best position is probably centre, but also I never thought he should be in the team anyway. <laughs> no. It's like, okay. I get Gagai is not a great centre, but I would have done myself if I pick in the team. Munster fullback anyway. Mm-hmm. Morgan goes to six, yep. Gago is the centre, yep. and you put Felt on the wing. I 100% agree. Like, that's, you know, whatever. Gago marking up on Whiten or on um, Tommy Turbo, who aren't traditionally centres anyway, I don't think he'll be left in the dust as potentially as he could be in, with, with Latrell was there. And I think Felt will bring some extra yardage or similar. And again, like, Mbai is just average. He's below average to my, for my now. He's going to start in the centres because he's, he's just been in the team. This is what Origin like. It's just what it's become at the moment with with the 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 changeover from the great team we had for Queensland into what it is now. It's just like I don't know. Embi is the centre for Origin now. Norman's playing Origin now. So he's back to any Queensland. If you're from Queensland, he's you've no, got an Origin cap now. He's no Greg Inglis, is what you're saying. He's not. Mm, he's not. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have no idea he's going to win Game Three. Game one, Queen, Blues didn't thought they'd won it before the game kicked off. Game two, Queensland thought it. They did. I have no idea who's going to win game three, but generally it'll be the team who's grubbier in the first 20 minutes. As Origin usually well, is. One of the teams has Josh Maguire. It so does. it's probably going to be that team. Well, yeah, Queensland need to get a lot out of Christian Welch and Joel Fan Garway coming in. And, and we'll see. But the one thing for me is like if they start, if they just watch the desk go and cook run again, I might put my foot through my TV. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe don't let them do that. I don't know. Yeah, it's like Tedesco is a great player, one of the best in the game, but he can have off moments. You put pressure on him, put pressure on him. Like we've seen like what what's worked against Tedesco and Cook in the last couple of years is when we've got on his fa- their face and put pressure on them and made them beat you. In game two, Queensland like backed away and thought, I hoped, oh, I hope Tedesco doesn't go around me. Oh, he's gone around me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what do you think about Gutherson being in the team if? Cleary can't go. So does Gutherson go to centre? Is that what the move is? is? If he is, like, is it going Whiten oh, to six, I see. or is it going Wade to six and Gutherson to fourteen? I don't think Gutherson's playing six. straight into six. I don't think Gutherson's playing Mate, six. I don't rule anything out with the Mad King anymore. But um, well, yeah, he said this week he was lucky there was an injury. So he didn't know how to use his back rolls off the bench. It's like, <laughs> mate, you picked that team. <laughs> Didn't know what to do with him. Uh, Lucky there was an injury so that I could put Wade Graham on and then figure it out. I'm, st- I'm still off the Mad King because of what he said about Cody Walker, but I do love him. 
Oh, he just says crazy. ridiculous things. I love it. Mate, again, not he's like, what is your Clemmer thing? Was like effort. He plays on effort. What? Yeah, he makes 25 runs a game. Yeah, he's like, like the hardest running forward he, in the world. He, he might go down as one of Australia's greatest ever props. <laughs> like, no. you know, just going to see a little bit more from him. Like, there's been great props the last 20 years or whatever, but guys like Mark O'Mealy and similar, or had what Clemmer had for like three years. Clemmer's been doing it for a long time now. And he's got a Newcastle potentially playing better. And uh, he's not being not picked for this team. What? So if they win this game, is it the same thing? Well, next se- season game one, look, look, Dave, we won the last game. You're not it. I'm sorry. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's very funny. But yeah, anyway, it's bizarre. I have no read on the game. I don't know if you have a read who's going to win, but I'm going to pick Queensland and just hope. I think that I need to. Well, I got to see the final Queensland lineup, and I also need to see what's going to happen with the Blues in terms of the how they're going to line up if Cleary can't play. Yeah. But as of right now, I think I will pick Queensland to win by four points. Yeah, it's, it is a weird thing that if you're a Blues fan, you want him suspended. You, probably. Do I don't know. I, uh, before questions, injuries, obviously yep. we've got um, Nathaniel Roach out for the season doing his ACL, that poor bloke. His body has failed him like he's a yeah. Stanley brother at this point. And they've been waiting for him to play for a long time, but he's what, 24 next year and he's had a season ended like three years in a row. I feel sorry for that bloke. Edric Lee broke his arm for 10 to 12 weeks. He'll be out. Uh, we had Ponga obviously out injured. Uh, Milford has done a meniscus. We don't know what the extent of that is yet. Meniscus injuries are a wide variance of how bad they can be. You could be back in two weeks. If you need surgery, it's 6 to 12, I believe. Oh, excuse me, it's burped in the mic. That's Jesus, gross. mate. That, they're not going to enjoy that. Yeah. Oh, I tried to hold it back. It's a terrible noise. <sighs> that happened. Uh, Kirichi Kenna uh, dislocated his shoulder. Uh, Michael Morgan got concussed. He'll be back. Uh, Kieran Foran done his, done his hamstring again. Um, and let's quickly pick next week's games. There's only four. Well, we're not going to review them because we'll be doing a Thursday podcast next week. So yeah, yeah this will be the last you hear about these rich. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect games. any any sort of insight into these in a week's time. But St George Delora, Melbourne Storm, Thursday night. There'll be eight people there. It's going to be four degrees. Origin players not playing. No one really cares. Melbourne. Yeah, uh, Billy Walters debuts, Kevy's son. Yep. So, I don't know if Kevy will be able to get there. I think he will because it's in Sydney after. But, yeah, he debuts. Uh, Solomon Carter's storm debut. Uh, over on the Dragon side, Darren Nichols gets thrown into the Wolves again. I think he debuted against the Storm too and had a terrible game last year. And, yeah, the, the pack doesn't look great. I'm going to go the Storm based on Ken Smith being there, Jerome Hughes being there, and they'll yep. figure it out. Uh, Friday night, Bank West, West Tigers, Sydney Roosters. Um, I think I'm actually going to tip the Tigers in this game. Well, the the Roosters have got back uh, JWH and Luke Heary. Uh They also have Cordner, Tedesco, Takeo. Manu looked all right at fullback, though, when he played there. But uh, the changes for the Tigers has just lost Moses Mbai, and they've obviously had a couple of guys come onto the extended bench. LOA is backing for Oliver, Oliver Clark, but you've got Russell Josh Fackel, Reynolds McLean, lurking. Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds lurking. I, I think I want to go the Tigers. You've got, but I feel like the the, the Roosters at this point. Uh, old mate uh, Robinson's doing what coach did five years ago. He's just changing the team entirely from what the 21 is named when he, when it comes out. So yep. I think I might see some shuffles with Crichton might go to uh, the right edge, sorry. Butcher go to lock. Isaac Liu to prop. Uh, Tedavano to the bench. A few shuffles like that. Maybe a debut for um, Daniel Fafita. Another Fafita. And we'll, and we'll see what they do. But too many. I'm going to pick the Roosters. Yep. Fair enough. Saturday night. Newcastle. New Zealand Warriors at Turton Road. Um, Newcastle for me. Newcastle as strong as they could be, really. <laughs> David Clemmer's Clemmer, playing. Clemmer and P- Pierce is playing. Uh, they've lost. And they still, have, they still have a Saifidi. 
Asifidi. They've do. got Asifidi yeah. starting at prop. So, so Connor Watson's now at fullback, which I find funny how this is one of the things I hate with Brownie, but the shuffling, like, man was fine at fullback. Now Watson's there because Levi's back. Uh, Edric Lee's out. Tau still doesn't get a run, but uh, over at the Warriors side, I can't do it. Like, I'm picking the Knights. Yep, and to round it out, Mitchell, uh, another Sydney game for you boys playing the Sharks in Cronulla. What's going to happen here? Well, obviously... First half unders. First half unders. I don't know if the Sharks have scored a point in the first 20 either. I can't remember what they've done, but they're not a great first half team either. So this could be nil all at half time. But uh, the Broncos' back line now, Darius Boyd at fullback, Herbie well, Farnworth debuting on one wing. Hubert Farnsworth Herbie, on the wing. Herbie what the fuck? Holy shit, his name is almost oh, Hubert Farnsworth. <laughs> yeah, he's also British. What the f- yeah. And you've got to hear 15,000 times that he was a Man United youth player because he was when he was like 10. But that's also half of the English Super League. Uh, oh. Xavier Coates in the other wing, he'll be called the next GI because you can't call people the next Israel Folau anymore. He'll be called that this game, I guarantee it. Mm. Uh, centers, Stags, Shibasaki. And then the halves, Jake Turpin at six and Sean O'Sullivan at seven. Good. What a The pack's pretty good, though. The pack's fine. Yeah. But it's uh, that is that is not great. Um, Darius Boyd still exists. I'm reeling at Hubert Farnsworth. This like, this yeah. is not going to mean as much to pretty much anyone except me, the biggest future I'm a fan on earth. But Hubert Farnsworth, he's there. Why did you not tell me about this man earlier? Well, I didn't. Um, Herbie's what sticks out for me, not the Hubert part. So sticking closer. That's why I didn't notice. Um, uh, but yeah, look, the I'm obviously picking the the Sharks first time pick gets a Bronco on the podcast. But I'm done. Wow, that's. It, Seabold Mitch Dawson Sending a, a message, message. Yeah, The jokes are over <laughs> Not picking the Broncos For the sake of it I'm, This is it Sharks Oh wow What what a moment What a moment Superstitions the... work don't they uh, I don't believe <laughs> In superstitions six. But I believe in you And your right to protest The Anthony Seabold regime Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have any questions Question time Coincidental first question, Paul Max 78. Has every English NRL player in history turned down a Man United offer? Yes. I feel like it's one of those things like athletes from England, a lot of them have been in a football system sometime in their life. Like almost sense. all of them. Yeah. Because they all play it, pretty much. How so, many had trials at West Ham? Oh, West Ham's a huge one. Half, half of Australian football players have had a trial, haven't they? Yeah. But yeah, Herbie Farnworth, I said, you'll hear it all about it. The Red Devil, the King, they call him actually, I believe. Oh, good. <laughs> good stuff. We call this weekend. Michael Darren seventy nine. Is every is there anything wrong with coaches changing every thirty or so games if you're not getting results? Is stability as important as some people make out? Well, I don't think you can chop and change every week like some players do, or some coaches do. But they mean they're changing coach every thirty. Oh, games, I thought but... you meant like changing tack, like changing your tactics and your philosophy every season, which is fine. Thirty games is it's a decent sample yeah, size. But... Yeah, I mean. Uh... Realistically, if something's not working over 30 games, is it going to work over 100? I mean... 30's a, more than a whole season. It is. Like I said earlier, I said Seabold halfway through next year or so. That's about it with, with where pay is now. He's at 40 games too, isn't he? And, and, and Brennan as well. And I think... I mean, what are you going to see for them now? The season is over for either side. What's the, the next 10 games don't mean anything, if you get me. They win If they win the last five games, it doesn't mean shit. Those games don't mean anything. The competition point, they don't playing for anything. So for mine, you can make a judgment on him now. I was listening to a podcast about football, English football, um, mm-hmm. and they had a coach, uh, oh, sorry, um, an analyst on there discussing this. And he based, his, his assertion, which he said was backed up by like tons of, uh, tons of um, samples, was that if, a, if you bring in a new coach and it's not working within, I think it was either 10 games or 20 games, and it's not working, it's probably not going to turn around. Yeah, I don't know if you can apply the same logic to rugby league, but it makes sense to me. Like realistically, twenty games—that's say twenty-four. Then say a whole season. If you see nothing in a whole season, then you give that person a few more weeks. 
is are things really going to turn around? Although I guess with Nathan Brown, it's taken three years. So, but again, but that could be like, an exception rather than a rule. He's got opportunity. He shouldn't have been to this one. But that's the thing. What you're saying there is very accurate for mine. It's like, what are you going to see over the next ten weeks? If we're giving to you, pay has to be there. And then what happens? So you lose the first eight games next year or something, or six of the first eight, you sack him. That's not stability. Stability would be now get rid of him now or later into the season, and then build from the off season as the next coach is in charge of everything. You know. Uh, so I believe that's enough of a sample size. I think one season is a bit short in the tooth because you know you have to have an off season or so with the boys. But um, you make a good point there, though, about if it's not working in twenty games, it doesn't work further. And I'm trying to think in my head of what coaches who have had a bad year or two, the first year at a club, and have gone on to dwell at that club, and there can't be a long list. You know, there's, yeah. there's coaches who have bad years and been like Des Hasler had bad years, and yeah. the Bulldogs, but that's different. He had had many good years. And he's been back to being good at Manly, but um, we should look into that for rugby league. Somebody else, I do enough stat stuff already. <laughs> Cameron Kusher says, "Pick your worst possible thirteen-man side for the Blues in Queensland." No, <laughs> I shouldn't even read it like that. We're not, we're not doing that again. The Queensland side has like five players who are eligible who aren't on the team. Like <laughs> Philip Sami on the one wing, getting rinsed by Ruben Garrick. There that wasn't go. great, was it? Uh, Frank Anderson, ninety-seven. What sport does? Doyle now follow big Czech hockey guy or a bit of European handball mate Russian hockey excuse me sir obviously but uh, luckily the NFL season is soon for draft season NBA season never ends um, we were I was discussing this with a few of the lads at futsal last night July's the worst sporting month of the year it, it sucks uh, cricket world cup still going I yeah but that. that's that's an outlier that's yep. not that's not like and because usually if you have a football world cup or a Euros it ends in the first week of July mm. cricket world cup we're getting I mean we're getting a bit lucky but that's like two days we're going to get of the semis that matter so like, there's going to be what three days in July that are actually relevant to that and then you know we're in the dead period of the NRL season uh, there's no there's no soccer at all um, NFL hasn't started yep. buckets is finished baseball's in the middle they're just you know they're just sort of going through the motions until August, September really picks up. It's worst. July. Yeah. July. Get rid of July. Skip it in general. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. The real dry July should just be us purging ourselves of July. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> problem solved. Solve and I won't have to hear anyone asking me to give them money to do dry July. Yeah. I'm just, look, I'm sorry. My, I'm going to probably have to give money to Frankie because he's my good friend. I'm not giving him any money. But I'm not impressed that you're not drinking for four weeks. Yeah. anybody. I know, Frankie, you've had a problem. You're my good mate. But again, I can do that by accident. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not an impressive talent. Frankie, focus on your real talents. Yelling at security officials <laughs> at rugby league games. Yeah, I am worried though. What about? I've never really hung out with sober Frankie. I don't. I don't think I want to. Yeah. <laughs> will mine and his friendship die over the next four weeks? <laughs> well, we'll find out. Will it be dry, 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 Frankie? It was yeah. Stephen actually for the next <laughs> four weeks. All right, good. We're not calling him Frankie until August. See <laughs> Stephen. Stephen for July. All right, good. We've settled that. <laughs> Stephen, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, Harry Rabbage, a South of team of 2019 where origin injury killed the momentum, like the Dragons and Broncos have been in the past. I don't think so because I feel like, Bunga will answer too, but I feel like they're going to get Sam Burgess back in a couple of weeks already. They've just added, like James Roberts has just got there. They're adding Jaden Sua. They're already refueling, and a lot of the guys aren't going to come out of origin with too much fatigue. They just hit a bit of a slump, and it's. but I feel like they'll come back also because... They're still sitting second. Uh, they are still second. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is Cody Walker's form, but he was a little bit better last this week yeah. past than he was in a couple of games before that. Um, yeah, unless unless you get unless there's like unless like Adam Reynolds or Damian Cook gets a season-ending injury, I'm not too worried. Yep. Uh, Jason NRL, read the Warriors. Why should I bother? I don't know. 
Just chuck this. I don't know. Just chalk this one up to a lost season. Regroup. Isn't year. rugby league the worst? Well, <laughs> actually, following sports is the worst. It's like it's the best and worst. It's all. It's 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 pain. It's mo- it's, it's like ninety percent pain. Hey, it is. Like, it's, but at least we feel something. But that. T- <laughs> We all die in the anyway, Vanguard. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. The elf. Uh, nihilistic <laughs> rugby league. Am I right? Fatty Triple Eight. Would you rather have sex with Beyonce and nobody would ever know, or would you never do it and have everyone believe you did? The, the former. The, the former. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we're not. You and I aren't particular. Like, I don't, I've never been impressed by people bragging about this having sex with people. Course. I know. It's like, yeah. Is it really that impressive? If I was 18, I would obviously pick the latter. Maybe. But like, I'd probably still pick the former. But if I was eighteen, I'm saying because you tell everyone. Oh, I get what, what you're, you're saying. saying. But like I, now, I'm no former. And then if no mm. one ever knows, or like if I did it, it's like well, no one ever knows. It's fine, like, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Frankie, again, would you say South are just in a weird rut as we haven't had a proper team in ages, or is there something to worry about even though we are still second? I'm not worried. Yeah, I wouldn't worry yet. Not worried. Uh, people will draw the correlation to being Wayne Bennett team, and that might be a thing there. But uh, I, I, I wouldn't worry yet. Again, we like you know he made a grand final in 2015, made a prelim just after, shortly after as well. So, yeah, Dane Taylor's got anger. What is the best performance you ever watched in a milestone club game? You've seen? Oh well, obviously he's talking about Curtis Dearden's hundred games, but cancer with every week. I was going to say that's <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. God damn just it, all class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankie's back. Jesus, Frankie is sober. <laughs> Mate, what are you, you've already broken the rule. Stephen's Steven back. Yeah. Well, halfway through the season, looking at the ladder, what is your biggest surprise? Uh Brisbane being 14th, I guess, has to be. Okay, I'll right? stay out of the obvious surprise, which is Brisbane 14th. Um, Canberra? Big surprise for me Newcastle and Canberra. It's Canberra. Yeah. Newcastle, obviously, I think they'll be a top eight side. I've been there. Uh, but Canberra, definitely the biggest surprise. I mean, they look like a quality side for most of the year. Yeah, nothing else really shocks me apart from Brisbane, Newcastle and Canberra. Yeah, that's it. It's like Titans and Bulldogs, exactly where I thought they'd be. Yep. You know that sort of shock, and then Ma- he says, "Manly, right where we thought we'd, yeah. we're, well, yeah, exactly. We were both, we both thought they geniuses. Be we're going to keep reminding people every week. That's why, yeah. Well, um, well, you get so many things wrong. <laughs> that's right. Well, hey, look, we've got we've got a better ratio than some people out there that make Manly. a lot of rugby league yeah. hot takes. <laughs> uh, and he says, player wise, who's unexpectedly impressed you the most and the least? Uh, most impressed I've been. I already mentioned Jack White earlier, but the most unexpected impressed I've been has been John Bateman. Because like I'd seen him play a bit, seen him play for England, looked like a talented player, but I had no idea he was his quality of player. And I think I think he's close to one of the best forwards in the world already, if you ask me. I know it's hot takey, but the things he's brought to Canberra, you don't really get in a forward. I'm going to go different on this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say a guy like him or Ryan Pappenhausen who I'd never heard of before the mm-hmm. start of the season because I think that's cheating. So I'm going to say Mitchell Pearce. Yeah, he's, had he's been outstanding, um, and good on him. And on the other, and on the flip side, um, who's who's really failed to impress us, like yeah. player wise. Okay, look, um, Darius Boyd has been few, bad I don't think times, you can... But, uh, mate, come on. He is, like, meme-level bads. He's, like, out there. He's, like, George Costanza dragging the trophy out front of the stadium, daring them to sack him. <laughs> and they're still picking him every week. Yeah, you can like, probably maybe even throw Angus Crichton in that mix as yeah, well. It's like, he might be doing... You know how Joaquin Phoenix had that weird year? He went crazy, made a documentary, made a movie <laughs> called I'm Still Here. He's yeah. Darius Boyd doing his own documentary series and he's going to do it next year for Wayne. I'm still here. Play for South. N- N- Notor- Notorious, notoriously loves the media spotlight, Darius Boyd. Well, he changed man. He likes it now. But that's okay. what he's, maybe he's doing that. Uh, okay, who's surprised me? Okay, so you say, Bateman I knew of, but I guess you're I didn't know. Who's been the best? White and be the one for mine who surprised me the most despite his bad moments. Least impressed with... Like a lot of the guys I didn't, I didn't think would be good. It's like guys like Shannon Boyd. 
having a bad year. Peachy, I thought we'd have a bad year. Um, can I say the Cowboys as well, but like a few of the players? Like Gavin Cooper's gone off a cliff without Jonathan Thurston. We kind of saw that coming though. Kind of, and then... Uh, like Jake Clifford, I expected more, but he's young. And Michael Morgan's been okay. I can't say that. Uh, yeah, I think I think you've, you've pretty much nailed it. As we always do. You have, I believe. Not oh, me, though. Well. Miss Harris Question for late. If you were to start your own cult, aka Falao style, what would your central idea slash teaching be? Ooh. The cult of Wayne Bennett. Yep. <laughs> Yours? What are you talking about? Are you signing up? <laughs> Mate, I'm in. <laughs> I've already got a whole shelf of lima beans that look like Wayne Bennett. That's good. Or the Carmichael Hunt cult. For the oh, I've been on that one too. Yeah, the better than Billy Slater. I've been, I've been on that one since I found out Israel Flair had me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> that was the most heinous thing Israel Flair's done in the last two years yeah, on social media. A, blocked a man who's barely even on there. Yeah, but he blocked me before that. I, I, I don't know why. I think the I went back and I actually found it. Actually, I think the only time I ever referenced Israel Flair was like four years ago when I called you Israel Flair for claiming to be a Queenslander. That was that was burned for Izzy apparently. <laughs> and I'm blocked by him, and that was literally the only time I ever said his name. He so Izzy, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack Cronin says, "Who's the worst player not eligible for Queens that would that would make this current Origin squad?" Hey, I, oh, there's got to be a prop. Daniel Saifidi. <laughs> you just can't help yourself. Tear myself you? up here. Yeah. Uh, trying to think who else would make it. There's a lot of props that would make it from the Blues. Mark Nichols. Get him in there. <laughs> Close. Liam Knight would make it, but Liam Knight's good, so... Maybe he'd make it. Maybe. I'm trying to think, like, Tim Glasby level, but better than that. There's a lot. There's more better players better than Dean Glasby than there is Daniel Saifidi, probably. Um, I reckon Brian Kelly would get a centre, run, run in the centre. Oh, yeah, Brian Kelly would. You're right. Oh, centre's another one, actually. Yeah. Jared Croker. Whoa. <laughs> you better hope Nick Camden doesn't listen this week. It's quality negging, I think. That uh, Gaslighting Jared Croker. <laughs> RCB Sharks. How are the Sharks worse with the players back? Who should be dropped if they lose to Herbie's Broncos? <laughs> Hubert's Broncos. So RCB Sharks is a dog called Herbie, by the way. So he's just here for the Herbie. That's great. Um, the Sharks worse with their players back. I think they didn't take it seriously. They did Honestly, they just didn't. That same team could chill. If that same team played the Storm next week, they could very well roll them. Yeah. And uh, who should be dropped if they lose to Herbie's Broncos? Oh, uh, I don't think they're going to. Aaron Woods. On. Yeah, fine. Sure. <laughs> The pack might lose. The pack might lose the battle, but I just don't think the Broncos have well, any so, class you know, in the back seven. To- you know, if if they lose next week against the Broncos, Woods there for two losses. It's got to be him. Losing gains faster than his hair, old Aaron Woods. I'd say. Not needed. Josh Romo forty four was a worry to his Penrith game the worst refereed game this season. I knew this was coming. Was this the most predictable tweet of the season? <laughs> yes, to both could be. I think yes, arguably. I, th- I think the referee's been pretty good most of the year, so this is probably the first bad bunker call. You know, a real bad one, and that Simeon was obviously terrible. So I think that's a fair thing to say, and I think the referees would admit that too. And I think they all got, got Liam Martin's time in the bin wrong as well. So yeah, I think that was a bad referee. Yeah. What about Penrith against Souths, Josh? That was terrible. Oh, that Didn't was, you chirping at the refs yeah. that day? That was shocking. No, they were still against Penrith. No, they were they were disgraceful that day. Hardex PSM, what's the best cut of steak to order a restaurant that actually does mean steaks? He's had mixed experiences. So. It's, <laughs> Sweet potato steak? Is that, is that a steak? Well, Eggplant I mean, steak? I was a big steak guy for a while. They do um, tofu steaks. What other steaks? I had tofu before you got here. Is it, is, it a, is it a steak? No, it was in a stir fry. It was good. Okay. Feel great. Okay. I'm really tired all the time. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, actually think I, I actually think I might be ironed. That's, that's a real shock. <laughs> Who could have predicted this? I don't know. There's no way of knowing. Um, so I'm sleeping eight hours a night and I'm still tired all day at work. I was like, oh, maybe I should... I don't know, yeah. take some iron pills. Maybe you should. So I'm a bit of a steak snob myself. I actually oh. prefer, 95% of the time, I prefer to cook my steak myself at home. 
then go to a restaurant for one. But if you go to a really nice steakhouse, and there's a couple in Sydney, um, I'm a big fan of a ribeye or a bone-in ribeye. And then my other one, I'm always like a Scott fillet, but uh, you know, bone-in ribeye for me generally the one. And again, I have to make sure I'm at a good steakhouse. And I'm a big fan of like... Blue cheese is my my my, my side, like not, not sauce, like solid blue cheese. On a oh, steak. okay. Right. That's at steakhouses as well. Oh, okay. Fair but like, if I'm at a pub, a pub steak is mushroom sauce always. Sure. But that's always just a rump or, or yeah, an yeah, eye fillet yeah. or something yeah. similar. Okay, fair enough. But again, at a pub, I'm 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 never the steak. Also, if you, I just judge people that get well done steaks. It's just ridiculous. Just yeah. Stop burning your food. Exactly. Even ribs and rumps. That deplorable joint knew you could not order well well done. It was on the menu. Can yeah, order, yeah. You can order, but don't. Uh, he says again, uh, was Ashley Harrison as good as my 10-year-old brain, te- brain tell me, tell me oh, he was? Mate, if you're, if you're on an hour-long podcast about Ashley Harrison, I'm here for it. I was a big Ashley Harrison fan as well. And God, I was I devastated when he, went, when he left. And then when I've watched him again, uh, as I'm older and seen old Ashley Harrison highlights, I've always been disappointed. I was like, The thing was, though, he was the only good player in that South team for like three years. Like, the yeah. only good player. And there was this game still makes me sad to this day. I think it was 2004, we played the Warriors. Francis Melly slapped him in the face. And no South players did anything about it. And it made me very sad. And then when he left to go to the Roosters the next year, I was like, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those ones, if South is when he peaked probably. Yeah. But also he was carrying a team in that regard. But yeah, I see his older stuff and he should be on the Origin team about a year before he was out. I agree with that. Well. But yeah. Um, and he, okay, his next question. What's your favourite album of all time? Uh, mine is either Clarity by Jimmy Eat World or... Um, Tell Your Friends by Taking Back Sunday or Dude Ranch by Blink-182. Dude Ranch is a, is a good choice in terms of your type of music. Thank so, you. Like, I, I would I would probably go there. Okay. For, um, my favourite album of all time. I mean, I think of a few. Uh, obviously, anything Park and Biggie is great, but uh, I Watch the Throne is really up there for me. That is a good album. Uh, good Kid, Mad City, Kendall Lamar might be my all-time favourite. I also enjoy that album. Look at, look at us finding it, but, Common um, Ground. But yeah, up there you'd also have uh, Ready to Die by Biggie be up there. That might be my three. But Watch the Throne is like I know collab albums and stuff. People don't usually say that, but that is like in terms of modern rap music, is Watch the Throne art. was great. It is. Uh, Hardix again. How would I survive the off season? I tried NFL fantasy last year, but couldn't get motivated. Need an addiction to replace NRL. Um, well, you tried crack. Mm. <laughs> There's um, less damage to your life being a crack fan than a Broncos the fan. Fantasy, the <laughs> fantasy aspect of it is shit house and don't do it. But just. European football in general is great and it there's games on basically every day and there's always narratives and stuff throughout the entire summer. That should keep you entertained. NBA is the best league and, in the world. And buckets. Might be. No, well, it wasn't for a couple of years because the Warriors ruined it. But but it's still the best league in the world. Not, not, not in terms of just the on-court on product, everything. How it's all done. This, this, this season coming up is going to be great as well because I have no idea who's going to win. Exactly. It's one of the first times. I mean, probably, probably like, the Lakers, but... It's probably since like the, the Mavericks won it. The first time I don't know who's got like you don't really know who the best team in the league is. Mm. It's, it's probably the Lakers though. Well, that's if they get Kawhi. Yeah, or even then they they're, they're going to get Iguodala. Iggy for so. it, man. Yeah. Uh, Maddie McP asks, "What does government mean to you?" I don't know. Somebody sorts them out, Maddie. You'll like that. <laughs> um, the opposite of Mal Meninga. There, there you go. Yeah. Warwick Ahern, should Ponga feel robbed he missed out on the gold logie on Sunday night? <laughs> Can we talk about that very briefly? Because I think we're in the same boat in thinking that that was hilarious. The speech? Just everything about Tom Gleeson's gold logie campaign. It was. I did enjoy the end of it. I didn't know his whole campaign. I didn't pay attention to the Australian Network TV. Oh, nor did I. But the general gist was this upset Grant Denyer. That's nice. That's it. 
And um, <laughs> at the end, he did say, like, you know, we used to talk to each other at parties and tell each other you love each other's work. He's like, none of us watch anyone each other's work anymore. We don't know what anyone else is doing. We all watch Netflix. Like, we're in a dying industry. I laughed at that. He's really funny. Yeah, a guy from, like, a quiz show on ABC. I'd never even heard of the quiz show, by the way. Won the Gold Logie. Um, yeah, and the other, like, main presenter award went to the guy from Guardian Australia. So, big, big night for the ABC. Yeah, who looks like he definitely um, he definitely loves pot, like obviously. Yeah, obviously. That's fine. I mean, that's what fine. do you think he's gardening, mate? Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I thought that speech was fantastic. So essentially, he was just like, and then th- th- so I don't know if you saw the story, but middle of last week, Grant Daniel was like, if Tom Gleeson wins, it's the end of the Logies. He's making this whole thing a joke. Uh, he he claimed credit for my campaign last year, which he did, by the way. So Tom Gleeson was last year was like, Grant Daniel's in the Gold Logie contention. His show got cancelled because no one watched it. It would be really funny if he won the Gold Logie anyway and then got people to vote for Grand Daniel and then he won. Yeah. Logies is a joke. It is like, a joke. It always has been. I had a friend who worked for a TV show on a network and one day in the week before the Logies, his job in inverted commas for that day, he was quite young at the time, I think he was 22, 23, and you know, you just do whatever your boss tells you. He sat in a room all day dialing the vote number for said show to win an award. Did it win an award? It did. So um, That tells you. Yeah, I mean, what a joke. The so whole, you're the saying, whole... wait on, I could have just like put money on one of these things and, and rung a, made a lot of phone calls and well, I didn't do this. I mean, maybe they had like a lot of people doing this. I don't know. I can get interns. I guess. <laughs> I guess you could. But I mean, given that they usually cap the bets on these markets, you'd have to pay a bunch of people to sit in the room all day. No, no, no. Interns. Oh, okay. You know, as we do in Australia, we don't pay people. With How good are unpaid internships? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, They're terrible. And our good friend Edwin Smith was happy that seven and nine didn't win anything. Channel Ten man till his till yeah. his death, or till he gets a better job, all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Huddy is back again, man. Huddy is a broken Broncos man. He's hitting us with questions. He said, "Remember, remember Berrigan? That's mm. my best NRL memory growing up. Just Berrigan treating everyone like he was Berrigan. sickest and ma- making Dad play with me in the backyard so I could be Berrigan. I hope he's a Barry Berrigan fan. We going to say <laughs> big Barry Berrigan guy." Now, Sean Baring was one of my favourite players growing up too, and I still remember when he first pulled his mouth guard off on TV, and I saw him with like no teeth, and I loved it as a kid. I so think I that like, like of those Broncos, when the Broncos were perpetually good for like that whole time, he was probably the most likable of all those players. I think. I think a lot of people had time for him, even New South Wales fans. Yeah, um, and he, I, enjoy, I always enjoyed him. His peaks were not recognised as why these are the Broncos because he yeah. wasn't one of the stars, but he was a representative player in three positions for. Oh, for, he was Michael Morgan before it was cool. Yeah, he, like, for he was country awesome. and for state, yeah. and, and you know he he had that game year at the centres when he was like the best centre in the world for a year. <laughs> why not? Played hooker and he was fantastic there for the back end of his career at hooker at the Broncos and played halfback and five eight and you know he as you said he was Michael Morgan before Michael Morgan and, and you know Michael Morgan on steroids in that regard. Mm. Great player. Um, Warwick Ahern, with tax season upon us, what's the best way to stimulate the economy with extra cash in hand? <laughs> um, spend your rebate on 100 cups of coffee. 100 cups of coffee? It's another future on reference. Yeah. Let's get a, let's get a steak. We've got a steakhouse. Money's too tight for steak. <laughs> get, get a... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, look, don't ask me for money investment thing. I'm an impulse guy. I'm a tight ass who then has impulses. Just go to the casino and bet on red, and if you lose, double your <laughs> bet on the next spin, and eventually you'll win. Keep doubling till you win. Don't actually do that. Damon do not do that. Berg, our friend for the podcast a few weeks ago, Damon's here, says, Darius is in again this week, but it seems it's finally acts over his head. What does he need to do to keep himself there? I'm going to laugh when he sets up four tries this week. He's going to play next week anyway, I feel like, with Milford's injury. But they're not going to go into the week after and be like Boyd, Turpin, Sean O'Sullivan... And then drop Boyd and just throw some other rookie back there. 
All the players are injured. They might Sarko's away because his dad's ill, so he's like the only other fullback alternative. Mm. They're not going to like throw a kid at fullback who you know like Coates or a, or a Farnworth. So whatever. Uh, Eddie NZ, what's the worst film you've seen in the movies? Potentially the last X Men movie I just, just saw in the cinema. Me and Charlie went to see a movie one night called No Reservations. It was like a romantic comedy. I think it was I know Catherine Zeta Jones and Aaron Eckhart. I want to say yeah. It was shit. We left halfway through. It was so bad. It was not funny at all. Um, I'm to think another... It was the first and only time I've ever walked out of a movie. It was terrible. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Um... We just wanted to go see a movie one night. It was the only movie that was on. So we went and saw you it. You nailed the actress, actor and actress. Did I? Um, Fucking good on me. I'm trying to think. I have definitely remember a few years ago I saw a movie that I felt like walking out of. I never walked out of a movie though. Like, I'm, a, I'm a movie addict. It's one of my other hidden passions, I guess. But I've been to, since I moved back to save rent, back to my mother's house, go me, to save money on rent. I've been to a movie more than once a week since the start of the year. My event cinema's uh, rewards points through the roof. How um, how many times have you seen the same movie in the cinema more than once? Never. Oh, like, no, no, no. The only movie I've ever seen more than once in the cinemas is super bad. Holy shit, that's weird. Same. People, really? There you yeah. go. That's anyone. So, Su- sorry, super bad and then The Hangover after that. Well, that's it. So the reason why I saw super bad three times is like, I was like 17, 18 when it came out. Perfect time for that. Yep. The first time I saw it just with friends, one friend. Second time, my friends wanted to get drunk. And we're like, we're just going to We got drunk, then we're drunk, we went to the movies. It was like end of school, high school, we went there. And then the third time, I was trying to bang this chick. So, Fair enough. <laughs> like, All good answers. So, oh, sorry. No, I might have eight years after that, me and Charlie were drunk after a pub crawl. And the pub crawl was running down at like 9 p.m. And we were on George Street, dressed yep. as like a, uh, dressed as a candy cane and a Christmas tree. Yeah. And we were blind. And we we're like, oh, Star Wars is, is showing. Let's go see it again. So, we saw The Force Awakens a second yep. time whilst dressed as a candy cane and a Christmas tree. It was great. And you didn't ask this question, but the most surprised I've been by a movie going to see one is that when I was in New York like three years ago, I'm covered in Link hair here. You are. Um, past it. I, I was walking home to my, my hotel and I walked out, like I was walking through New York and I saw a cinema and there was like 12, like 12.30 at night and there was still movies on. It's such a novelty. And I was it's like, so well, cool. why not? Yeah. I don't need, I can sleep tomorrow. And then the only movie playing was Moonlight. And at that point, I never heard of it. Because it was it wasn't released in Australia yet. It was really early on. I just went and saw it, hmm. and I'm in there in like ten minutes. And I'm like, I'm watching a fucking masterpiece. What is this? It's a really good. There's movie. been like three guys there. It wins best picture that year, and it was the best picture that year for mine. It was a fantastic movie, and that was like one of the best cinema experiences of my life. Because like, yeah, I'm just walking home in New York, and you just go to the movies. Yeah, um, I went into Bohemian Rhapsody with incredibly low expectations, and oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Low expectations as well. I enjoyed it. Yep. Also, I enjoyed La La Land because I saw it in California, and that was just <laughs> it was a whole thing. Uh, Simo, what is the smallest animal you think you could still fuck up at one point? <laughs> what? The smallest animal you think you could still fuck up at 1.6 meter freshie? <laughs> These bloody crocodiles. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some form of like small marsupial or rodent or something that's very aggressive that could mess up a freshie. Honey badger. A honey badger. There but sure, the answer is like a blue poison dart frog or something. One of those frogs yeah. that can just like box jellyfish. Yeah, or that. That works. Yeah. Uh, Ando four two eight seven eight five. Sorry, should parents lose their kids if they make them wear headgear? Yep. Um, shout out to Ando in the Sydney in the Sydney Morning Herald on Monday this week. It was nice enough to do an interview for me. Got Very his photo s- taken coaching his under eighteen girls on the weekend. Very serious stare. It was a great photo. But you were like Christmas or the first day of NBA free agency. I I you well I mean I love Christmas more than most people do. Okay, it, it depends. What am I choosing? Am I choosing Christmas how I want to do it? Or what Christmas actually in is. In your mind, a good Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Like, Christmas. what I hate about Christmas is the fact that, like, 
I'm um, putting I put a line on the center too, but again, my family has to do things like five times. So like I'm not, they hated that. I used to hate I used to drive like three houses. Mm. But not anymore. But yeah. Christmas is great. I almost like it more now as an adult than I did as a kid. But not mm-hmm. not like kid kid, but as than I did as a teenager. I get yeah. James K says over under a number of mentions of Herbie Farmworth scholarships as a kid with United by commentators. Three Mate, and a half. Maybe eight. Uh, Shunter86 Given tackling should be outlawed Until at least under 14s According to Christopher Nowinski Who's a professional concussion expert apparently Will Darius Boy 2019 Be reviewed As the embryonic stage Of the new rugby league <laughs> That's just a great question Let's leave it as that yeah. David Hunter It's 5 out of redundant position How long before teams Use an extra forward or fullback To play there well, Is this just, happening it's, already Yeah it's, I mean, it's been happy for ages like the Bull- I, Didn't the Bulldogs Play Willie Tonga there In like a grand final like not a grand like, final, but we well, we played Sam Thardley there in a yeah. final. Uh, it's sort of a redundant position, but it's um. But you can get by with just having one dominant playmaker and one runner. Yes, and I th- and I mean that's isn't five eight wasn't that what it was for forever? And then the last couple of years, last twenty ten twenty years has been two kind of half back well, feeling, but that's what it was. Yeah, and the fact that the, there were guys like Brad Fitler who were locks or five eights, like they were interchangeable positions. Yeah, and so, obviously those two aren't changeable now, but um. Yeah, it seems it's changing a little more that there is getting back to more to one more dominant playmaker, not just full left and side, right, left and right side halves. Like, but yeah, it's not even about the jersey you're wearing. You look at Penrith, like the guy, the playmaker is is James Maloney. But I'm all for the position becoming different across the league. Yeah. That's, that's always interesting. Enron uh, Physio, in relation to my favorite headgear concussion topic, what's the myth old wives tale you believe for the longest time slash still believe? I don't know. I'm pretty. I was pretty woke as a kid. We're the wokest boys. We don't really have any. Yeah. Again, my friend Stephen. You might have heard of him. Stephen loves a conspiracy did, theory. But no, this is a wild side though. I did believe he could not drink orange juice when having cereal till he was like 25. What do you mean? Because like, his mum told him when he was like really young, you can't have orange juice and cereal, like milk and orange juice together. It's Why? bad for you. But again, you tell like a four-year-old this, right? Frankie carried it till he like mid twenties. Sorry, Stephen. That's a weird one. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Not here for it. Um, does me saying that I never get sick because I drink Red Bulls every day count? It's not a wife, so it's, it's, a, it's a new tale. It's a, it's a, and it's a cold hard fact. It's a sun, sun tale. Well, <laughs> you, never get si- you might get sick with your line defici- iron deficiency, though. That might happen. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Simo, again, if the Blues win, what year do you say you've not cared about Origin since? <laughs> <laughs> 2015 game day with Hodges airplane for me. Oh, sign me up for that, too. That's the last time I cared. I've never cared. So there you go. So I cared for one game in 2013 and I've never cared again because that game broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, Warwick Ahern, if you follow the craziest NBA free agency, what was your what was your most surprising move and where will Kawhi land? D'Lo going to the Warriors was the craziest thing that happened. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the biggest, it wasn't the splashiest move, but it was certainly the most unexpected. Uh, Terry Rozier getting 20 million a year <laughs> after getting, letting Kemba walk. Is the most surprising move for me because no, I'm not only surprised that like like I understand not giving Kemba the super max or the max. I get that. I don't get how they didn't know that a year ago that they could have had, had trade offers up the wazoo for him the last two years. Didn't do it. Let him go for free and then paid Terry Rozier twenty million a year, who's just terrible. Yeah, that's bad. And then D'Lo was very surprising going to the Warriors. Um, Poor Timberwolves fans. for Kawhi. I've been on the Kawhi to Lakers wagon for a very long time. It's the one thing that Woj is a blind spot on. Is LeBron and the Lakers? If you ever look at his opinion stuff, he's hated LeBron forever, for like ten years, and it's not hard to find it. You Google words LeBron, you'll find many articles, even Reddit posts saying that, and he's always wrong on the Lakers. So he has no mail there. So he's not once linked into the Lakers. Really, he's even writing in, in his own tweets. Potentially, the Clippers he's writing and stuff. 
But people take Woj as such fact most of the time that they think he's never been talked to the Lakers. But Kawhi called LeBron last year, wanted to go to the Lakers last year. I feel like he's going to the Lakers. Yeah. It's weird because I obviously don't like the Lakers, but I hate LeBron haters more than I hate anything. So I want him to win like a bunch of rings with the Lakers. See, I'm in for that. The reason I'm in for it too is like, I'm so sick of like bulk rings means you're a good player. That's it. Yep. I'm I'm enjoying if they can make a mockery of if Kawhi can just jump around and win another ring next year with LeBron I just feel like it. if they can just win rings just assembling teams together it will start showing that oh, they're actually the real judge of how good you are because all it will keep doing is making people assemble like this but yeah um, say in Toronto I'm happy too because I'm Toronto cool board man gets paid either yeah. way he does uh, last question Jeff Walker says is there a worse re- Jeff is a young fellow. So that's an old man's name, Jeff Walker. I'm sorry, Jeff. I don't want to put you on blast, but <laughs> the David shocked me. Is there a worse regular starting NRL player than Gamet Shibasaki? Right now, no. Darius Boyd. Josh King started for like three years. He yeah. doesn't start now, though. Darius Boyd is the worst player in the NRL currently. And Bryce Cartwright's up there. Okay. I, I can't see any faults with that answer. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's one more question that just came in. Hunter Austin says, do you rate any team in the bottom half of the eight a genuine chance of making a run for the eight once Origin is done? Um, you mean bottom half of the competition to make a run for the eight, do you mean? I could see Penrith or possibly the Dragons or the Tigers. They're I think really the Dragons could do it. I think because the Dragons are now, I know they've been pretty bad this year, but they're now starting to get, they got Hunt back. Oh, sorry, he wasn't back. Gorn, sorry. They got Norman back. Uh, McInnes is fit. Uh, they've got, uh, who are they missing? Corbin Simmons is playing. They'll have their full full team, Bar Widdop and DeBellin, pretty soon. I know they're kind of lacking outside backs, but we've seen what that pack can do when it's rolling, and Norman Hunt McInnes should be enough, I think. And to, compared to the average team of a team this year, I think they're above average and that they can make the finals. Four weeks for Tarek Sims. No, I'm just kidding. No. They're, they're still they're still. So then I was like, Jesus, he, he would have been found guilty if they got that. and then Correct. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You got you there. Almost got me. Yep. Um, so yeah, no news on that yet. So well, whatever. You'll have to. You'll have to draw your own conclusions about Tarek Sims. You will. And um, yeah, so we'll be back. I guess next Thursday, Thursday. Mitchell. Thursday. Post yep. Origin. Post Origin. I mean, uh, we got good feedback after doing that after Origin one. People much prefer us to break down Origin the day after rather than wait a whole week. Do another like weird Origin preview next Tuesday and the games on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. You know, and a lot of people listen later in the week as well. So yeah. it just makes sense. It just makes sense. Um, say goodbye, Mitchell. See you later, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. Your lipstick is colored up by the angel. I know exactly what goes on. When everything you'll get is everything that you want. Well, it reads as what you prefer. My finger on the trigger or
clever knives and red and clever napkins. I will never ask if yet, so never tell me. I know you well enough to know you never loved me. Who are you for the cash? So you feel anything? I will never ask if yet, so never tell me. 